0: Welcome to Guys We Fuck. The Anti Slut Podcast. Yo, you haven't Yo, said I'm Christina Hutchinson. I'm Corinne Sister, And I'm your absolute boyfriend. boyfriend.
1: Bring us your slutty, your horny, and your shame. Hey, you a slut? Yes.
2: Okay. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Let's talk about fucking. Hello, fuckers. How you been? What's up? What are you doing? Welcome to another episode of Guys We Fucked. It's the Anti-Slut Chaming Podcast. I'm Corinne Fisher. I'm Christina Hutchinson.
1: Oh, I just realized. I'm like, where's that camera looking? Nowhere. No. <laughs> just, we just got that one. Okay. We don't need it. <laughs> we're, ju- we're just here. I've just never seen a studio like this. Anyway, welcome to Guys We Fucked. I think we already said that. Who knows? Not even paying attention because I'm amped the fuck up. Yeah. What you mad about? So well, welcome we'll to the out. show. We're going to talk uh, right now about the... Uh, Uh, Johnny Depp versus Amber Heard case. Uh, I know some of you and some of you by, I mean like some members of society, not you personally, the guys we fuck listeners, but I know there's mixed feelings on this. Some people are like, it's just a celebrity thing. Uh, I personally enjoy learning about celebrities and I think they do tell us a lot more about the culture that we live in than, than we even realize, Mm -hmm. uh, that being said, uh, yeah, no, I don't like to watch like celebrities throw each other under the bus or like get into messy fights, but this is not, not that I think, um, if you don't realize how important this case is and how it could affect you uh, as a person in a relationship, then you're you're missing something. And I myself didn't really pay attention to this case until maybe three four weeks ago. Uh, it is documented on uh, Without a Country, because the new show that I do with Shane Smith. Um, a couple weeks ago, I kind of just saw a lot of things happening on the internet, mostly what I would call a pylon. And anytime I see a pylon on on somebody, especially a woman, um, I need to look into it because a lot of times I think it's unwarranted. And I'm talking about a pylon. We've lived through Harvey Weinstein through Bill Cosby and the pile on for those two people who I think we can say are monsters mm-hmm. uh was seemed greater than that the amount of memes of TikTok TikToks of celebrities making fun of our I mean it's 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 kind uh. of rare to see you know celebrities uh going after another celebrity in that way because why would they it doesn't really work in their favor Yeah. um And so I said on the air on Without a Country, hey, this week I kind of just smelled something fishy, but I don't have the details or the facts or the research done to talk about this intelligently. So I'm going to pause, but I just wanted to go on record and say, I don't think Amber Heard is this villain that we are making her out to be. And I certainly, and this is the important part, do not think that Johnny Depp uh, was tricked or was the one side recipient Of abuse Or is some somehow The hero or the winner Or the person that we should look up to Or a guy who should set a precedent for anything And that's the important part In no way am I saying that I don't think Amber Heard um, did anything bad Or wasn't a toxic member of the relationship What I am saying is I think Johnny Depp did a, a lot more shit And the way that those two people were received Was markedly different mm-hmm. Um And so first, I've I've spent days preparing um, what we're going to talk about today. So buckle up. uh, Listen, I uh, obviously, you know, if you've been following me on social media, how I stand. I, I do ask you. Um, if you've been listening to the podcast for a long time, even if you really believe Johnny over Amber, I, I would ask you to listen to me because I think that if nothing else, I've proven myself to be a well-researched, intelligent, trustworthy person on this show. Mm-hmm. Likeable, obviously not. But who's trying? <laughs> me. Um, <laughs> And um, and I've spent a long time researching this, watched a lot of footage, read a lot of articles, uh, not just from people who agree with me, because that's I literally have a show about doing not that. Um, And uh, I've pieced some stuff together, uh, some personal feelings and a lot of facts, because that's that's important. You need facts. Um, And out of all the pieces I've read, it kind of started with the opinion piece that was in the New York Times, which I do recommend reading just because it was the start of the tides changing as far as the media is concerned. Um, Opinion piece. I'm going to look this up. Sorry. Um, You know, I'm really looking it up. Uh, Uh, So it's a Amber. It's called Amber Heard and the Death of Hashtag Me Too uh, that came out on May 18th. Um, And it is by uh, Michelle Goldberg. So that piece kind of started uh, a change in media. And uh, and I think it's important to follow it to get a better hand. OK, the article I like the best that I think is the most well researched came out couple days ago, it's from Slate um, and it's by Michael Hobbs. And I do think it's interesting by this is a this is a man who wrote this article because basically I would say 90 percent of the other articles that were saying, hey, you're not looking at this with the right lens were women. And I know there's been a lot of chatter about like this isn't just like women are always right. Yeah, no, it's not that women are always right. But in this instance, I think it's a really Interesting look into into how we as a society uh, look at women and how we look at people who aren't the perfect victims. Mm -hmm. So Michael Hobbs is uh, he's a writer and he's the host of a podcast called Maintenance Phase, and I looked it up and it's a very popular podcast. And it's a podcast that is literally about debunking with proof things that are incorrect. Mostly they, they, they focus on health, wellness, and scams. But like, this is a man who has, has a following and he has a co-host is female who has a following because he is so good at debunking things. So keep that into mind because it is important. I, one thing I've learned with doing my new show is it's really important to not just read news from different sources, but to also look who is writing your news because there's a lot, there's a lot of personal bias in news. Um, That probably shouldn't be there. But we've Mm -hmm. we've turned into a kind of a social media news intake places. So we want opinion. We're more interested in feelings than facts now. And that's very dangerous. Uh, So first of all, if you don't know this, there was already a case uh, where Johnny Depp tried to sue The Sun, which is a UK tabloid. And I know it's not like The New York Times. I am very familiar with what The Sun is as a longtime Spice Girls fan. I know it's a rag. But even rags... Uh, are held to a certain journalistic standard um, legally that they have to abide. Like so, so, uh, and I think a lot of times like. They can print whatever because they know celebrities aren't going to take the time and money to legally fight them. But I also think that there's a lot of lawsuits going on that aren't highly publicized that you don't know about. Mm. Like if you watch Keeping Up With The Kardashians, those people will just say in passing, oh, we got to sue this this person. So I think suing but but like in comparison, what a a, a magazine like The Sun is making financially is so much more because of the stories that they're they're telling about celebrities. them to
0: keep going it's
1: in the budget to be sued by celebrities so that's part one of what you need to know part two is that, so that case is in the UK, 2018, uh, Johnny Depp sued the son for, uh, uh, alleging 14 counts, uh, of abuse. Um, and, uh, also like calling him imprint a wife beater.
0: The judge Amber, uh,
1: yeah, yes. They later got her to like back it up, but like this, this, that suit was just the Johnny Depp and the son that Amber was,
0: wasn't involved in that.
1: I mean, she was, but like she wasn't. Yeah. Um, so the judge ruled that um he was guilty uh of 12 of the 14 allegations and it was proved to UK's civil standard which is very high and very tough. It's very hard to to prove that. Um And then the son just echoed the case results no 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 no. he was suing the son for defamation he was suing the son because the son printed an article saying alleging these things uh and uh the court case was later and calling him uh a wife beater in print I see okay so then he then sued for defamation and the judge was basically like no I've I I was able to prove beyond this you know to the civil standard that you are in fact a wife beater and there was no defamation so Right. right there we're starting out bad news for Johnny yeah okay so now we move into the slate article um um, which goes over a lot of information. Some of this is, might be new to you and I know a lot of you guys watched the whole trial as if we we can't be tricked by the one of the most uh famous and charming uh movie stars of all time. That that's probably hard. Um so Amber Heard met Johnny Depp in in tw- 2009 while filming The Rum Diary. She was 23, he was 46.
0: Already red flags galore. Are,
1: already having a problem. Oh, oh, yeah. Um Whew. and I'm I'm not talking about like you can't date anyone uh of a different age than you But but I will point out That I dated someone 12 years younger And was called a pedophile Every day for six months Also so, when a
0: man Dates a woman That much younger than him It's because he wants A woman that doesn't Really know herself well enough To stand up to his bullshit
1: Yeah And it's a, they, they go They were both dating Other people at the time But flirted on set And bonded over Shared passions sure For books, did. art, and poetry Because uh-huh. I know I often meet a lot of Almost 50 year old men When I'm 23 Who I had a lot of Common with Okay um, Depp was sober When they first met uh, But as the relationship Deepened He began drinking again In Amber's testimony. She described him disappearing for days at a time Then reappearing as a different person He mm-hmm. accused her of whoring herself In quotes in Hollywood And grilled her about auditioning for roles That involved sex scenes When he didn't get the <laughs> response he wanted She testified that he turned over tables Threw glasses and punched the wall next to her head So already just from being a guy Controlling an seen we We've seen We've received emails where we hear these things mm-hmm. Al- Alarms are going off Alarms are going off Yep Uh, In May 2014 Heard and Depp Flew from Boston To Los Angeles On a private plane Heard was about To film uh, A movie with James Franco An ongoing source Of tension In their relationship Because she said He was considerably Younger than Depp And had made a pass At her on a previous film Heard had already Told her assistant To make sure That uh, Johnny Depp Didn't see the script For the current project Because it involved A love scene So already we see That she's Hiding things From your partner That
0: you shouldn't have to Yeah
1: an extremely Controlling relationship um, uh, by 2014, her heard said uh, she was the only person in his life who told him the truth about his anger and his drug problem., uh, and he mm. called her the lesbian camp camp counselor uh who ruined his fun and reminded him of what he had done on the nights he couldn't remember.
0: Okay. Oh, what a fun ruiner. Um,
1: uh, moving forward, the uh, the writer of this article points out that Heard's narrative also matches nearly all the available evidence, even the evidence against her. In 2018, <laughs> Depp sued the British tabloid. I was we were just talking about the Sun for calling him a wife beater to defend itself against the UK's notoriously tough libel laws. The tabloid called Heard to provide evidence to substantiate its claim, which they won. Um Uh, The UK trial includes a text from Johnny Depp's assistant... After a blow up on a private jet where he kicked Amber Heard mm. and the assistant says, when I told him he kicked you, he cried. So he kicked her and was and so fucked up it. that he didn't remember. The assistant is saying that. And if you know anything about working in this industry, you know an assistant is not fucking causing trouble for no reason. Yep. If anything, we're constantly trying to not be in trouble. Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. as someone who has been a, I mean, not this high level, but I've been a, a reasonably high level um Hollywood in by by way of New York assistant yeah. and uh, it is you are constantly just looking at your at my in my time Blackberry to just try not to get in trouble yep. <laughs> that's the whole job just try not to fuck up and get anyone mad yeah <laughs> um, Depp's uh, Johnny Depp's text also Confirmed the outlines of her account uh, Both both uh, Trials featured numerous texts in which, which Johnny Depp admits to becoming A different person when drunk or high That's fun mm. uh, he says my Illness somehow crept up and grabbed Me uh, I, I of course pounded and displayed Ugly colors to Amber on a recent Journey so that's a message that he sent to a Friend so obviously I mean he's talking in his Fucking Johnny Depp made up language <laughs> Like you fucking went to linguistic school with Madonna. <laughs> It's Just so ah, eye rolling, inducing Celebrities producing. be making up their own shit, man. So, so, so in, insane. Uh, two or more friends testified that they saw him acting acting aggressively towards her uh, on one occasion, and her sister confirmed another. Uh, the sister also testified in the U.S. trial that Depp once held her dog out of the window of a moving <gasps> car when he was drinking. So, if you don't care about, I included that because if you don't care about women, I know you at least care about dogs. It's true. So there was audio, there was numerous audio recordings presented at the trial as evidence uh, that include acknowledgments by Depp that he has exploded in anger at Heard many times. Uh, That's been proven. Yeah, and one she says, I cry in my bedroom uh, after I dumped you a week prior after you beat the shit out of me. And Depp replies, I made a huge mistake, I won't do it again. so So that's implying that you beat the shit out of her. Of course. And then this is a famous line we all know, uh, the one where Heard says, Put your cigarettes out on someone else. And Johnny
0: Depp replies, Shut up, fat ass. Oh, really? Wow. <laughs> oh, no. And I just FYI guys, I own the only thing I know about this case is that allegedly Amber Heard pooped in the bed and there's all these memes about it. And right. I did share one, but I don't I
1: don't know anything
0: about this. And that's case. what
1: so many people only know. Yeah. And yeah. and I think that's important. That's in, that's important. Yeah. And, and okay. Um, let's see. Uh then we go into other people not Amber Heard talking shit about Johnny Depp not talking shit like telling traumatic experiences with Johnny Depp so as early as 1989 uh, Johnny Depp was responding to rumors of onset tantrums misbehavior and egotism while filming 21 Jump Street a 1998 article referred to the legendary Depp temper and just think how long ago that was and how recently men have still been misbehaving on high levels in Hollywood and so if this has been being pointed out in 89 and 98 where that's bad Mm -hmm. Um, in 2000 both Terry Gilliam uh, who's the director of Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas and Mike Newell who directed uh, Johnny Depp in Donnie Brasco told Esquire that he had blown up on their sets and again they don't they don't they're male director they don't have anything to gain from that they don't have anything they they were probably just fucking sick of dealing with him yeah yeah Now and also, I think a lot of people don't this. Now that Johnny Depp is done with the herd allegations, he will defend himself against a 2018 lawsuit filed by a crew member who claims Depp berated and punched him on the set of City of Lies. So that's male on male abuse. If that makes you feel more comfortable, if that's not feeding into this, you know, feminist agenda that I personally cut up our witch hunt. And and so and again, it's like very selective. Um, This I've talked about before. I think I'm without a country. Ellen Barkin, who was a former friend and lover of Johnny Depp in the late 90s, said he was controlling, jealous and once threw a wine bottle across the room in one of his rages. Uh, Another of his exes, Jennifer Gray, described him as crazy, jealous and paranoid. Um, adding to this Johnny Depp uh, I don't know uh, I, I think you reminded me of this Mike uh, defend or no you didn't someone else did a man d- reminded me of this um, Kate Moss uh, no defended Roman Polanski oh
3: right mm. right right defended
1: Roman Polanski mm-hmm. um, and also uh, said the uh, accusations against Harvey Weinstein were implausible because his wife wasn't some hairy backed bitch oh, I didn't even Jesus have the time to dig Christ. into that But just, I had not heard that yeah. wait 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 that's yes. bad Mm-hmm. Oh my mm-hmm. fucking god! Uh, his texts from early in his relationship refer to her as an idiot cow. A, a, these are all quotes: idiot cow. Let's make t-shirts. Filthy yeah. whore and Ooh. quote worthless hooker. One w- says, "I'll smack the ugly cunt around before I let her in." Don't worry. Wow. Uh, These may be, this is the writer again These may be jokes to Depp But other correspondence has a sharper tone In an email to Elton John Depp described the mother of his children as uh, And that's not that's the v- Vanessa. Uh Depp described the mother of his children as the French extortionist ex cunt. Uh, Later uh. texts refer to her uh, as Flappy Fish Market. We've heard that one. Cum guzzling <gasps> whore. Ooh, That's been said you. about us. Yeah. Um, and scumbag guzzling. gold-digging cunt. And again, I'm not uh-huh. saying that you're not allowed to talk shit about your ex in text messages, but, but this just seems Does he like have a high regard for women? It seems excessive. No. And exactly the li- There's a difference between like non gender specific link. Language that just is, uh-huh. is saying that you hate someone And there and women hating language yep. And this is women hating language and you need to learn How to identify it mm-hmm. um, Depp and uh, Depp and Heard had no Prenuptial agreement meaning she would have Been entitled uh, to Millions in their divorce regardless of whether She was abused she dropped her Claim for ongoing support and ended up Taking significantly less than she was Entitled to so She's not gold digging As part of the settlement She As part of the settlement though She did uh, Withdraw The abuse allegations So basically She would have been left With no money Had she not Withdrew them Signed a non-disclosure agreement Which is a common problem Non-disclosure agreements Are truly like Gag orders And I think that they Legally I mean, I I understand why you need them from a professional perspective. Yeah. Um, but from a marriage
0: perspective, Jesus Christ. Yeah, and we
1: absolutely we we have our people who work yeah. on guys with Fuck Sign and not NDA. But That's because you're they're reading your personal emails and we don't want them saying sure. shit. Sure. <laughs> but when they and but when they have an and, and we don't like want them like, you know, announcing projects before yeah. we announce them. But professional reasons. But I, I don't think you know if you guys know this. When you're signing a non disclosure agreement, many times you're also like uh saying you're like you're giving you your right witness, to witness like You can witness really uh, illegal behavior. You can um, undergo illegal behavior, um, an abusive behavior, and you are still, by law, not supposed to say anything. Um, And co-signed a vague um, statement that the relationship had been viatile, but that there was never an intent of physical or emotional harm. (laughs) Listen to that language again. She was made to sign to get any money, any money, she had to sign something that said the relationship had been in quotes volatile, but in quotes again, there was never an intent. So, law of physical law. or emotional harm, right. meaning physical and emotional
0: harm was, was 100% caused. done,
1: but it wasn't intentional. I didn't mean I was to drunk. do it.
0: Everyone I've ever married is a cunt. I guess it's, the problem's not me, it's all the cunts that I marry. <clears throat> Um,
1: uh, and and not only did celebrities get involved with this narrative uh, brands also got involved if you Ew. saw um, we all remember the uh, makeup incident that everyone on on Instagram likes to bring up so here's the real skinny on that since, yeah, I, I since you guys fucking just are like she lied she made up the wrong pa- she said the wrong palette like the palette oh, wasn't what? out in a year so now Stop. I got to the bottom of this too thank god in the early days of the trial Amber Heard's lawyer held up a concealer kit to demonstrate her point that herds bruises often weren't visible in photographs because she covered them with makeup almost immediately uh, Johnny Depp supporters zoomed in on the image because and and, and don't think everyone everyone thinking listening to like true crime uh, podcasts and thinking that they're a fucking investigator has fucked up this it fucked up Um the 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 case where the two travel bloggers went out together. Oh, that yeah, that couple. Uh, this, yeah, this Brian new Lundry. thing. Yeah, yes, uh-huh. yes. Uh-huh. So this new this oh, this, this new trend.
0: Fake investigator. Of everyone
1: thinking they're a crime investigator because they listened to my favorite murder one time, and I love that podcast. Shout yes, out. I no love no shade. Love them. N- not, not anything against them, but you you you're, you're supposed to be talking about it from like an
0: entertainment. Yeah, perspective. it's a comedy podcast. Um, so just remember that.
1: Um. So that's crazy. Uh. And so yeah, almost immediately Depp supporters zoomed in on the image identified the makeup brand and starting tagging it on Instagram and of course you know this company they don't care about they just care about money so then the brand the brand's official account then debunked Amber Heard's lawyer saying that that specific makeup palette they were using as a prop in court only came out in, two, uh, in 2017 oh, this meant that it couldn't have been used to cover Heard's bruises oh, in her relationship so with Depp her because but the thing but the was the point was it was a generic fucking concealer palette right. right right well the thing they were just using it so this is this is uh the, and it's on record that neither herd nor her lawyer had ever claimed that this the thing that they were holding was the specific makeup palette used between 2012 and 2016 um it was just a prop that the lawyer's mm. assistant
0: got so these fake social media pis thought they found a loophole and could discredit amber's peep, uh, lawyers but it wasn't the fucking point at all
1: right yeah i mean this is this is a little bit of um uh, uh, of the, the 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 author taking um his own uh What's the word that I'm looking for? Liberty Yes, his own liberties. Um, but he's basically saying, like, yeah, someone probably grabbed that from a CVS as a visual aid, right? Because we know when we when we show people things, like, you know, part of being a lawyer is making a, an exceptional, putting on an exceptional performance, and props help, visual aids help, making people feel feelings help. So little
0: catchphrases.
1: So, the so they didn't, don't fit. Yeah, they didn't exactly. They didn't think. They didn't think enough. Like, oh, people are going to be zooming in on this. I mean, Young also monsters. because. A fucking trial shouldn't be televised in this manner. It's so it's so insane that the it's judge allowed that, this. It was
0: weird that this was televised.
1: Yeah. Um, uh, so nearly all uh, of the evidence against her propagated on social media had the same laser focus on small discrepancies mm. and minor misstatements. And this is so important because number one, it does not. It it, it it's a tactic of mostly Fox News. I got to be honest. <laughs> um, uh, where. Yes what, what they're saying is true So like they're, They hone in on something That is true Fox does this all the time But it's something that is so Unimportant in the large scheme of things And they blow it out of proportion As if it's
0: huge to the point But it's not
1: As some kind of a got you moment mm-hmm. um, And uh, at one point Amber Heard referred to her makeup As her bruise kit Which is a term professionals use For makeup that creates bruises In the industry And she quickly Corrected herself on the stand But De- 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 Johnny Depp's supporters online Used the slip to claim that she had inadvertently oh, Admitted Jesus to faking Christ. her bruises on the stand
0: oh, Are you serious oh my god because again like you know I'm not in makeup and I, if I had to cover bruises with a concealer palette I would call my fucking bruise kit too yeah shit. it's like a fucked up joke she was
1: making to herself while she was being abused she was like I right. get my bruise kit like we know we make jokes about fucked up shit all the time yeah it's like yeah. the way you survive during trauma yeah the amount the amount of ungodly Savorine jokes I fucking made in, in hospice while my yeah. dad was dying I mean <laughs> I tell them in, to audiences and they gasp I go yeah you've obviously never had someone die in front of you right Um, the greatest uh okay okay and this is another thing so everyone says what about the donations so she said she was going to uh donate uh stuff that she won um in the do- the divorce settlement um to the ACLU and then she never did this is explained here so the greatest and most effective discrepancy was her charity donations after she negotiated her 7 million dollar divorce settlement amber heard announced that she was donating half to the ACLU um and and she does work for the ACLU as well mm-hmm. And the other half to Children's Hospital Los Angeles Over the course of the trial Depp's lawyers revealed That the charities hadn't received The oh, full amount What a
0: cunty move on their part
1: Yeah and that Hurd had lied about Giving uh, the money away uh, <laughs> And obviously this looks bad Bad. And then the author says Until you show the tiniest shred of interest In discovering again the facts mm. While yes it's true That Hurd hasn't donated the full amount All evidence indicates that she and Tends to in 2016 after Her divorce was finalized she entered into An agreement with the ACL ACLU to give it the Full 3.5 million dollars Over 10 years she Made the first payment but delayed the Rest because by then Depp had started trying to sue her into Oblivion she says she's spent six Million dollars on her legal defense so Far which I mm-hmm. 100% I'm Sure I can only imagine how much this Costs everyone Large charity donations are routinely spread out over longer periods Mm. and representatives from the ACLU testified that Heard was transparent with them about her financial circumstances and remains committed to completing her payments. The proven lie here amounts to an imprecise choice of words Mm. because on the stand she said, I donated when she should have used the terminology I pledged. Okay, so again, okay, absolutely nitpicking to get the outcome that you want.
3: And I think didn't she already? She gave them a million and a half, didn't
1: she? gave them uh, right? She gave them, yeah, uh, she gave them her, her, the first payment she gave already. Yes, that is. I don't know the exact um, uh, amount, but also she too. If this.
0: I, if I, even if I said I want to donate this money, and then the guy ends up suing me more, I'm like, I. And if I'm in financial yeah. duress, what the fuck do you expect? Like mm-hmm. you holding me to that doesn't prove anything about my own efficacy or my own morality. And it makes sense to
1: pay in chunks. I mean... All okay, right, so Herd is not a perfect victim and has never claimed to be, which is true. Um, in her own testimony, she admitted to engaging in screaming matches, fighting back, and insulting Depp in the final year of the relationship. Mm. They were only together for like 15 months total, I believe. Oh, really? <laughs> uh-huh. Jesus. Yes. The judge in the UK trial said there was probably some truth in Depp's accusation that Heard was condescending about his drug use. Oh that must have oh, been Hard for you She was um, Something that tri- guy. <laughs> Something that triggered His Sorry, sense of shame um, And ultimately his rage The psychologist Oh okay so who- it was her fault <laughs> Yeah exactly got it, got it, got it, got it, The psychologist it. Who saw them in 2015 Said both partners Had poor communication skills And weren't able To de-escalate fights Or have productive conflicts If that's a crime Then guess what We're all guilty Yeah
0: yeah Let's yeah
1: um, There is almost no evidence That uh, the op-ed uh, In the Washington Post Now we're referring to Which is the um, American case Had any Effect on Depp's career over the the one Amber wrote yes over the previous Decade Depp has had released a String of high-profile bombs the rum Diary Alice through the looking glass Transcendence the Lone Ranger Mordecai Dark Shadows didn't see any of Them um, and had been the subject of Numerous articles documenting his Dimming star power and man that must Have bruised his ego Mm. for years set Leakers reported that he showed up late And drunk and needed an earpiece to Remember his lines Depp has said that that was used to listen to music but
0: the <laughs> music of him repeating his lines <laughs> yeah.
1: him saying his lines over a guitar I like to listen to Depeche Mode while I'm doing a scene like what are you talking about right now um a Disney executive testified that no one at the studio was even aware of herd's op-ed when they decided to not ask uh, Depp back for uh, the next Pirates of the Caribbean movie. Um, in let's see, oh yeah, and then he closes it by saying, in, in hindsight, the verdict came down to the minute the judge allowed the case to be televised, and I could not agree more. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jur and, and and for uh, and here here's a big piece of information: jurors weren't sequestered or sheltered from the internet. In any way Guys, during this, this trial, this case
0: was all that was being fucking talked about amongst the shootings happening in America. Cause we because we needed something to cling on to that wasn't people getting murdered. Yeah, meaning they they were likely
1: exposed uh, exposed to the same bad faith memes and out of control, out of context. It was clips
0: as all everyone that was else on social media. And and, and listen
1: as it and po-
3: pro Johnny, all of it. Oh yes, oh, all of very. it. It was, it
0: was Amber Turd. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and and as someone who loves fart humor i thought that was funny and i shared it without even looking at the videos really regret that <laughs> and uh
1: and as podcasters god who knows the power of an out of context clip more than us <laughs> literally my, the people who work for me at, at gas digital not i don't think they work for me i guess work with me at gas Di- an abuser oh, um, stop the people who us, work with me at gas digital like the people who produce the clips and stuff for this show almost every week i have to be like take that clip down because because from the news show, they take some out-of-context clip where I'm talking about someone, and it looks like I'm saying this thing. It's just... Right. It, every, this has happened, like, so many weeks in a, in a row. Oh,
0: it's exhausting.
1: Plus, this case has been swirling around the internet for years, which is true, making an impartial jury difficult to imagine in the first place. Um, one man... Was allowed to stay in the jury pool after revealing a text from his wife that read, Amber is psychotic. Wow. So that's fun. That's just
0: a little sway. Um, Swaying much. Uh, that was allowed, which is. Wow, well, that's crazy. That is insane that this case was allowed to be documented. Oh, and, and you're, just you're feeding. You're feeding is uh, to the sharks. Yeah. Which is public consumption in the Internet.
1: Yeah, and if you and if you want to and if you want to see the power of TikTok, um, and what power, um, it held over this trial, just just Google how TikTok affected the Amber Heard trial. It's uh, there's a BBC article, trial by TikTok. Uh, there's um a a CNN article. There's a Slate article. There's a New York Times article.
0: Uh, There's a Guardian article. Uh, BuzzFeed. Wow, this case is already generating so much money. And clickbait, exactly, Jesus and that's what happened. Christ. And
1: early on, and the reason it only became like a pile on that I that was so bad that I had to stop and take notice was because in the early days of the trial, they were trying to make both silly Johnny and silly Amber content. Yeah, but people weren't feeling the Amber content, and uh, and creators, content creators weren't making money. And this is not speculation. This is all fucking. I can't just I can't read every news article to you guys. You got to do some of the work for yourself. But like, uh, this was uh, it, it's on record that uh, they were making so much more money creators from doing anti-amber um, content uh, that they just started doing amber content because you know what a, a, a real like mentality that we have as this society is it's like shit on women and also just to show oh they're celebrities they're not human it doesn't matter also, we can do whatever c- we want to them because they're rich and they're famous and they were asking for it and if they didn't if they didn't want to be abused by all of society they shouldn't have followed their dreams that's the fucking mentality that we have and it's yeah. absolutely disgusting do not Remember Britney Spears Monica Lewinsky Do you think this is not The same exact thing Of course it is How many times Do we need to relive history Before we learn A fucking lesson A
0: lot more apparently It's uh, It's nauseating
1: And, and I think part of it Is also like uh, we, we care more for Britney Spears Because she gave us She gave us a lot more things Amber Heard Yeah Amber Heard Didn't cre- create anything I love So I guess she doesn't matter She wasn't right. in any Of my favorite movies right. But I don't want to give up Edward Scissorhands And Cry Baby And that fucking Bastardization of Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory if you like <laughs> oh, that. Oh, you didn't like that? You like that. See it a, was
0: very creepy see and pedophilic. a
1: therapist if you like Allegedly. that movie. That's my <laughs> hard stance. So I am, I, I listen, I am sorry to tell you this, guys, but if you think that Johnny is innocent or the hero, you were tricked, you got got. And it mm-hmm, sucks. Mm-hmm. I don't get got a lot. I've gotten got by a fucking manipulator, abuser guy before. And it's not one I've talked about on this show. And I'm not going to start a thing here. But it sucks, okay? Mm-hmm. It sucks. Not physical abuse, but... Uh, I'm a, a, Everything a, else, though. A, yeah. And and it sucks. I know it sucks when when you as a smart person get got. It sucks. But if you can't see... Uh, the way we are treating Amber and the way we treat many victims of uh domestic abuse and violence, including men, very often men, men are rarely believed in these cases. I am convinced that there's something or someone in your world who convinced you that men are now being targeted because that's what's happening. There's again, look online. There's so many conversations about how kind of like incels basically took over this movement. Men, men hate the Me Too movement overall because it puts them on watch yeah. and it puts them on notice yeah. and
0: and it takes the fun away
1: <laughs> from their no, lives. With,
3: I, I, yeah. I am 100% I'm with you because I think that like I, I don't want to screw up your flow but I just no, think it's ahead. like it's gross that there were a lot of men that we're celebrating this whole Johnny Depp thing as a victory yeah, for men. Yeah, it feels
0: wild. I, there was a lot of memes yeah. that were like, congratulations to Johnny Depp for once for winning an argument against a woman. And yeah. I was like, I don't even know the the details of that case yet when I saw that. And I was like, that is fucking disgusting. It's like also, That's fucking disgusting. Man,
3: Like, look at those. Because I was getting served some of those clips on social media. Sure, we like all were. How, yeah. how, like like pro-Johnny Depp meme accounts, which I didn't even think existed. Right. But they were like pro-Johnny Depp meme accounts uh, showing his testimony and basically how charming and funny he was yep, on the stand yep, yep, and that yep, was literally it's like if you and can't then look Amber past the bed that,
0: after eating Taco Bell or something that's you just don't
3: know. have a nose for somebody that's full of shit and that was the thing that was just so fucking <laughs> no frustrating with this as as, yeah. a, as a guy because it's like to be a man speaking out against it you seem like a like a jerk off in a lot of ways because a lot of a lot of guys that I know were like like what do you mean this is like you think Amber is like like a victim here. It's like, dude, she there's enough evidence that shows that Johnny, whether he got off and like beat the system, he still fucked up and treated her like shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? And yeah. I don't know. it was just an aggravating thing as a, as a person who was as a man who was not pro Johnny. Right. In this right, situation. Right, right, right. Right. To like speak out against it,
1: yeah, because everyone thought like everyone was like this is this is the crack in me too that so many men were looking for and if, and unfortunately mm. there's still so many yeah. um, as Christina and I have been talking about there's so still so many pick me girls in our society which is such a fascinating concept and again we, I want to talk about that at length with some, we'll, with yeah. someone um, yeah. who has like a level of expertise in it I mean I know what what it is and what it means and but I want to do like hours of research on it and so I, I think yeah I think like if I'm specifically concentrating on women um, who don't, don't who are celebrating Johnny, and there was women outside the courthouse when he with with posters like oh it was a fucking uh, celebrity convention. Uh. Um, but but there yeah there's there there's like a little girl inside of you uh, who is hurt or or abused. Oh yeah, and and something in you I, I truly feel will feel better if the attention of being called the crazy lying whore isn't on you anymore.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's look at that girl and focus on that. And the fact Mm -hmm. that she's such a beautiful, stunning woman, I feel like people feel even more powerful, men and women, shitting on her. Oh, there's a- And that's really disgusting because society says if you're a woman, your value is Mm -hmm. in your looks. So, oh, now we can even feel better that we're taking down, number one, a woman, number two, this hot, uh, female Hollywood ingenue, mm-hmm. and and you feel like this gross sense of power that you get to shit on her, and that's also something that you should take a fucking look at. Yeah, there's yeah, pieces a, of trash. You you really just hit on something. A, a part, the most interesting
1: part of this Clementine Ford uh, piece that I shared on Instagram. She's at Clementine underscore Ford if you want to go read it. Um, but she really she talks in this piece, Scott, about. Um, the attack on pretty women in society especially by other women and she even points out one of the greatest examples historically which is Marilyn Monroe oh yeah we all have a picture of Marilyn Monroe somewhere in our house you know they're selling cop prints at Target but during her lifetime Marilyn Monroe was treated like a a, a president fucking whore yeah
0: yeah yeah and that made me think of the Diane Sawyer Britney Spears interview Mm. where Diane Sawyer was like well you make men feel uncomfortable the way you dance on stage, and Britney was like fucking eighteen years old, and she was like, "I'm sorry, that's not my problem." And Diane was like, "Yeah, well, maybe you should think about that." And I'm like, "Ew, yeah." Women feeling threatened by other women's good looks is so what? A, what a disservice, huh? That's the patriarchy winning, oh for sure.
1: And uh, yeah, yeah, and so I, I think like. There's someone inside of you who's who 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 is glad. There's a relief in not being being the crazy lying whore anymore. Right. Maybe those are things that you you secretly say to yourself. Maybe someone you uh, love or who loves you in quotes says those things to you. And maybe for a second it was nice for the negative attention to be on someone else. You're right. 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 To be on someone more famous that. with more money, who's prettier, who had the opportunity they to date shit the on. opportunity in quotes to date one of the most famous movie stars of all time. Ooh,
0: wow. Maybe
1: that diversion of attention felt nice this is my writing now guys maybe the, that uh that diversion of attention felt nice for a moment a moment to breathe a moment to hide a moment to agree with the people who have talked down to you uh to be and part about of the mafia. you for so long because hey if you can't beat them join them and i and i do have some sympathy for you in that i i fucking get it i i it must fucking suck to have those voices in your head but to use them and to weaponize those mean voices that you use towards yourself or that other people use to you uh, to another woman is reprehensible. Um, yeah, uh, again, we, we kind of covered the lying. Everyone's like, she lied. She lied under oath so many times. I mean, First of all, first of all, I think it's more like she messed up a few times, and we all honed in on those mistakes because mm-hmm. uh, we love to nitpick women. Because you
3: mm-hmm. love Captain Jack Sparrow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well,
0: yeah. how many times have you heard on on this podcast and in the world like women can't make mistakes? Women of color have to be perfect at every fucking mm-hmm. thing because one little slip up right. and the whole world gangs up on you. What a disgusting way to live, right? Uh, and first of all, I mean, we, we all lie a little bit
1: to make ourselves look better. I mean, I, and I mean yeah, not Instagram. <laughs> I don't even think it's like purposeful. I mean, I think sometimes it's like no, leaving things it's survival out. Survival.
0: Sometimes it's like knee jerk reactions. A lot of ways. Uh, also, if
1: you're being abused over the course of many many months, uh, I would think that you would just like misremember things. I wasn't abused, and I misremember things from relationships all the time. Not because I have some fucking uh, ulterior motive. Just because the human me- memory constantly fails us. Yeah, yeah, constantly. It does.
0: And there's a lot of scientific evidence to back that.
1: Yeah, witness accounts are are, are not like. I know people think witness accounts are this strong form of uh, of proof and evidence in court. They're really not because we misremember so many times. Think about all the times that you know people saw a, a, a guy. I mean, this is the most common thing is like people see a black man committing a crime and then they just choose another black man from the lineup. Like our memories right, right. aren't fucking good. Um, and also, like, do, do you know how embarrassing and invasive and vulnerable it is to talk about all the worst parts
0: of your relationship publicly? Because I do. And Christina (laughs) does. It's not fun.
1: (laughs) You know, it fucking sucks a lot of the time. And then when it
0: gets used against you, oh, that hurts. Yeah. And and that was by a smaller audience. And
1: that's the thing. And I I said, guess what? You, the listeners, are often very cruel about it. You are. You, it's like you sign up to be cruel sometimes. And this is not, again, not all of you, but enough that I have to say it.
0: Unfortunately, the cruel ones are the loudest, which really is a disservice. But yeah. yeah,
1: the same people who DM'd our boyfriends to fuck them the same day we poured our hearts and souls out to you are now calling me crazy because I am providing with a lot of facts and evidence to back it up <clears throat> a different perspective, a perspective that you don't want to be true. I I was called in the fall. Fo- I lost hundreds of followers on all my social media the past week for speaking out I've been called crazy, an abuser, a contrarian, someone who sticks up for women just because they're women. Honestly, <laughs> no, not at all, girl. What the fuck have you listened to her? Shut the fuck up. It, it, it really would. Uh, it would really be nice if some of you ever <laughs> stood up for women, and more importantly, ever stood up for yourselves. Okay, <laughs> that's all we really want. Um, and yeah, I'm not going to stay here. I've, of course, I've said mean things about women out of jealousy, anger, because it was a funny thing to say quickly, because it would make the boys laugh. I'm guilty of that too. But I I, I've my eyes every year are opened more and more and I've really been I've really been watching that the past couple of years Mm. and really changing who I spend time with and who I who I do comedy with and um of course, I still slip up every now and again, um, but it, it's something that I really think about a lot. And I mean, God, I will never call a woman crazy again. Um, mm. The most uh, in the past week, the most fantastic women I've ever met in my whole life slid into my DMs to say thank you. Thank you for uh, saying something Something that I I couldn't uh, Because I was scared to uh, Or I did say something And my friends ganged up on me Called me crazy And, mm. and this is not These Damn. are high powered women I'm talking about Heads of accounting firms Law partners Mathematicians Fellow comedians Journalists uh, mm. Friends wow. from grade school High school Colleges uh, Women in crypto Women who are married Women who are unmarried Women who live in the US And abroad White, black, Indian Gay, straight, by People who I haven't spoken to In years reached out this week And I'm telling you I mean People people who didn't reach out when I became a comedian or or did a TED Talk or wrote a book or got a TV deal, they reached out this week because this was so important to them. And it's like, if you don't see the pattern of like, yeah, women are sp- afraid to speak out uh, about their abuse. Uh, and many victims of abuse are afraid to speak out uh, 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 about their abuse. And it's like... E- even in talking about someone else who was abused, we are we now have a fear of talking out about that. Like, do you not yeah, see damn. the irony here? That's do you Wild. not see do you not see how much of a problem it, it is if you can't like state your opinion that Amber Heard maybe isn't a lying cum bucket for oh, correct I wasn't saying I believed everything Amber Heard said. What I was saying was I didn't think Amber Heard was a lying cum bucket who deserved to get kicked, and that's. That's, and that's what the, does, do you not see a problem here? Yeah, there's a big problem. Um, and, and, and moving on from the women, some of the worst men in my life showed their true colors this week. You know, I mm. uh, It's. I don't think it's a coincidence that the boyfriend who treated me the nicest was the only one who said something nice about Amber Heard. Okay. Wow. It all adds up. Okay. Some mm. men this week solidified the fact that I'll never have a drink with them or answer their telephone call or sleep with them ever again.
0: Wow. Women
1: aren't innocent just because they are women, but uh, the inequality in our standards of behavior uh, are glaring. When you, when will we stop begging men Who never respected us in the first place To choose us and like us And think we are worthy of being fucked by them How can we undo the need to be picked by men Did you feel good when you said team Johnny And your guy friends or your boyfriend or your husband said That's why I love you You're a girl who gets it Did you feel chosen and special Because in that moment you chose him over you yet again stop mm. turning your back on yourself and if you can't do that i beg you to stop turning your back on us the group the women okay um i, I don't i think that's i think that's it i think that's all i mm. want to say i have more written here but i mean that's that's the point that's right the, here that's
0: the crux of it
1: that's it uh, I, I can go on I and on. I can have this conversation yeah. all day.
0: It's so funny because Corinne was, I, and I told her when we were hanging out the other day, I'm like, uh, we, I was like, I don't really know much about this case. It's exactly what I said on this <laughs> intro. I just, and I still don't. Uh, and then she told me like what the verdict was and why the judge ruled that because of the, the, an, the op-ed piece that Amber wrote. I'm like, that is dangerous. And the fact that you, Corinne's getting all this awful residual reaction from saying that a, Amber Heard is in a comeback and it just starts to be kicked is wild. And I'm like, man, people on this planet are so there's so much energy, like pent up bad negative energy swirling around in our minds and our hearts and our souls that we're just ready to pounce on people without actually thinking and, and analyzing the facts because you don't have enough energy to. Well, just stop taking your like it's not don't use this case as a public punching bag for your your own shitty problems. Look within, man. Yeah, it's uh, look at yourself and, and analyze yourself. Uh, yeah, I just and I, and I, it really is.
1: It is a whole larger conversation about calling women crazy, and I, I don't. I don't think people really realize how powerful lab- labeling a woman crazy is. It, it's almost impenetrable, and this is something that's been used for a long time. Calling women crazy, like legally, um, yeah. Dave Chappelle years ago if you guys remember you know he took a long break from comedy and his from his TV show and he and he said not to label people as crazy and he became a provocative hero it was poignant when he said it when women say not to call women crazy it's somehow We're a lunatic it somehow makes exactly it somehow makes We're us crazier. crazier
2: oh
0: she's just should go to the loony bin yeah yeah yeah,
1: yeah I uh, it just, <sighs> just just to, just to see people in my comments calling Amber crazy someone you've never met and me crazy someone you've also probably never met it was it well was, I Disturbing. I think you nailed. I
0: really think you nailed it on the head, Corinne, when you were like, "People, people want to call this woman crazy, so that for one second the spotlight isn't on them." It's a and yeah, the relief. spotlight is is internal, right? So the, if you're a woman who commented on Corinne's Instagram, like, "Oh, she, Amber Heard is crazy," your spotlight is internal. Obviously, I see it now because I see that comment and I fucking see through that shit. But it's that's the main problem here. It's like we want to we want to get away from ourselves because we don't like ourselves, so we're quick to shit on people and to take society's treatment towards us and recycle it back and that's never gonna you're you're gonna live a a life of chaos uh if if anything internally uh if you keep living life this way yeah
1: and i mean it's 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 so it's so it was so weird because so many of the Like public comments were uh, anti Amber, pro Johnny, and then the DMs were all like, "Oh my god, (laughs) thank you." So it's like, yeah, yeah. I I just again, there's something smells really funny when people are afraid to speak up about something about anything. Yeah, whether I agree with it or not. This, you know, this I didn't. This is not. I didn't spend all weekend researching because I give a shit what you guys say to me on my Instagram. I don't. Whatever. I don't care about that. It, It just. It's just it's so disheartening and I use that word a lot on this show um, to spend almost a decade doing a, a, a pro women show and have so many women, respond in the way that you did. I'm not even talking... I'm not even started on the men yet. Um, and if you want to do some further research into other uh, cases like this, you can look into Gamergate and how uh, oh, uh, Anita God, Sarkeesian Anita. was tra- treated. And then also, very famously, you can look into the Me Mia and Farrow Woody. and Woody Allen case. Mm-hmm. And again, this is not even... I know some people are like, you're you're allowed to have your opinion, Corinne. My opinion's right. I'm right on this. I, I don't care if we, we we reconvene in 20 years. But I this is... This is what's happening is fucking wrong. Yeah. It just is. I know it is. I've really never, there's very few times over the course of this podcast that I felt this strongly about something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That wasn't related to myself.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So there we have it.
1: So that's that. Presented my fucking case.
0: You know who else is, you know who's just lovely? And here's a conversation we're really excited for you guys to hear is our guest this week. Oh my God. I'm so, so excited for you to hear this conversation. I love this man. We bonded so much and have so much in common um, But for you guys, what you need to know is He's a relationship expert He is an award-winning sex therapist And he's host of Sex and Chronic Illness Podcast Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the show Dr. Dr. Lee Phillips
2: Out of
3: balance, halfway falling down Charge the feelings, trying
2: to find a way.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, we are here with Dr. Lee Phillips, AKA Lee. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Be calling you Lee at the end of this. Dr. Phillips, you are a relationship expert. Yes Therapist Psychologist Any other Psychotherapist Psychotherapist Psychotherapist, yes. therapist. Um,
2: psychotherapist. You're a therapist sex, for psychos Yes Sex and couples therapist
0: <laughs> Couples therapy All those or Relationships things. go to die Or to, yeah. to re-blossom perhaps Well
2: a little bit of both
0: Yeah Yeah
2: Lots of people, an honest answer Honest answer yeah, they, of, they can die Or they can blossom Right y- Right I mean right. that's really why people I think come to therapy
0: Yeah and mm-hmm. you, Or you discover like Do I want this To put the effort Into this shit anymore Right Sometimes. I mean it can
2: get exhausting Yeah You know
0: yeah, so so we we're talking before we started recording. Um, because you have a lot of uh, interesting topics you bring up on your Instagram. Uh, let's just start with a weird one: Splushing Um, what is splooshing and what is your experience with people talking to
3: you about it? <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, you know, it's what's great about being a therapist is that often when you hear things come up in the sex therapy world, we have mentors and mm-hmm. supervision that we can go to. So the first time when I had a client that said, I'm into splooshy, I was like, what the fuck is that? <laughs>
0: One second. <laughs> to
2: my, what? wait a minute, let me figure this out. And so then I heard that it is about playing with food when right. you're having sex. Okay. So which people do. I mean, you yeah. hear about the whipped cream and the banana and the chocolate and all that. But he told me that he enjoyed sitting on cakes naked.
0: I get that, the freedom in that. It's like I peeing, do too. It's like peeing in the ocean.
2: Yeah, well, <laughs> you know what? It really is when you think about it. But if, you know, and he said, I like the way that the, the cake and the icing and everything feels on my genitals when I sit on it. Okay, yeah. So I'm like, I can see where that can feel interesting or yeah. it could feel good well it's like you know
0: that that what's that movie with Robin williams where he's the doctor and that that old lady was patch like, adams yes patch yeah. adams and she's like i've always wanted to go into a pool full of noodles and she did it and you're like i would fucking love to you be in know a pool what? Full of noodles. that would actually
2: feel really good and i would want to
0: mm-hmm. be naked in it just it's to it's like how slick
2: out. and it's yeah. all over your skin i think yeah. that would be fun i cool, think it would noodles. be fun too so you know what i was you know and one of the things that we do as sex therapists is that sex-positive sex, sex therapists is that yeah. we tend to validate and normalize. And so mm-hmm. when he told me that, I was like, okay. And then from then on out, it was like, okay, so you love sitting on cakes. I mean, the thing of it is is that he wasn't really coming in because of that, but he knew that I was a kink-aware therapist so he could kink-aware. talk Kink-aware, right, mm-hmm. right, right, right. Which is not everybody. Which is not everybody. Right. Because if someone came in and they were like, yeah, I like to sploosh or, you know, I like to urinate in my wife's panties, I mean, then they okay. would go, well, you need to go see somebody else, mm-hmm. right? Right, yeah. <laughs> I am I am not a
0: um, uh, right. Do people work out their trauma through kink?
2: Absolutely, mm. absolutely. It can be very powerful for someone because they can actually focus on something else that's not always their anxiety or their trauma response. Mm. Yeah. So they can go into a kink scene, and it can be normal. It, 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 it tends to normalize it for sure. them. They're communicating. They're getting something from it. It's that good pain versus that bad pain. Mm. So you know, people always think that when you're involved in like BDSM. That you must have some type of traumatic history. Right. And there's no evidence research that supports that. Okay. But there is evidence research that supports that kink is healing to us and it's fun. And also, you have to be a damn good communicator.
0: Oh, my God. And the kink community is very on top of their conversation skills. They really are. And and, uh, there's this language that sex communicates that you just can't get verbally. We were answering an email when we were recording an intro earlier from a woman who... um, comes the hardest from brutal rape porn and she was a victim of rape herself and she, I'm like, that makes all the sense in the world. You're being on the other side of it. You're being, everything is power. Every relationship you ever have, there is some type of power dynamic and for sexuality to be aroused, there has to be some power dynamics at play.
2: Absolutely. And I think the other thing too is that with sexuality, there it, there is that power play but in all relationships, most people have had some type of trauma. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I think everyone has had trauma in their life we all have childhood wounds we have things from our past that maybe we haven't been able to let go of and so Mm -hmm. when we're in something like a a kink scene you can do that it's freeing it's liberating it's doing something different
0: it's playing pretend too It is. It's It's like you're acting. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's diving into your imagination,
2: but incorporating your sexuality into it. Yes, it's so much fun, and I find that that's what's really healing about it. Is that you know you can have someone who is a big manager or CEO somewhere, Mm -hmm. and they love to be subby in the bedroom, and then you have someone who's taking orders all day, and they like to be a dom. Mm -hmm. So it's very empowering.
1: Yeah, I saw something too on your Instagram about uh, BDSM, and was it chronic people with chronic illness? Yeah,
2: chronic illness and chronic pain, which is an area that I especially. In. I specialize in chronic illness and sexuality.
0: Oh wow, that's a big one.
1: Yeah, that's
2: a big one. Can you yeah. talk a little
0: bit about that? Because that's not
1: not something that we've co- that we've really covered here, and I think that's interesting. Yeah, it's
2: one of those areas of sexuality that doesn't get talked about enough. Right, you know, we do talk about sex and disability, but what's going on with people that have invisible illnesses, such as different autoimmune diseases? Yeah, and so what it does for them is that it allows them to step into a world where they're not always consumed by their pain and their illness yeah. because mm. when people get diagnosed with various types of illnesses, they stay wrapped up in it, they're consumed in it, they're always thinking about it. But when we go into something like a kink scene, it's almost like you dissociate in a sense and you're not so focused on it,
1: Okay. which yeah. I think is
2: very empowering for people. And they can try something different instead of always having to talk about their illness. Right. You know? And your and nipple, also, you're
1: like nipples clamped. You're like, oh, the other. I can't feel the other pain because exactly, my nipples clamped. Right. My yeah. nipples are yeah. clamped. Or or I'm getting
2: flogged, and I'm being spanked, and I'm not yeah. focusing on yeah. my migraine headaches at the moment. Yeah. So it's so empowering for people when they can try something different like that. Mm-hmm. So sexuality is always about creativity, anyway. So it's allowing them to get creative with themselves when they're in some type of scene.
0: Mm. And when people come to see you, I imagine they're at this precipice of. Okay, I know there's something better for me, but I don't really have the tools to get there. So you've probably had the privilege to watch a lot of people blossom into their own
2: sexuality. Oh, it's so rewarding. That's why I love this work. It's so nice to see people come in where they feel like they're broken or they can't be sexual and then watch them become very sexual in their own bodies first with solo sex and masturbation, which serves great purposes for chronic pain as well. Mm. And so then allowing them to have sex with someone or, you know, really kind of find a partner to date or have a play partner. And so it is empowering and also referring folks that have chronic illness and disabilities to to surrogate partners to oh, teach sex them. surrogacy oh yeah. my god
0: i've been wanting to interview with sex surrogates yeah. so bad can you explain sex surrogacy so i'm
2: interviewing them? too today on my podcast the sex and chronic illness podcast wow. and so really it's a way to work with a client to build trust to learn how to create emotional bond learn how to touch be yeah. touched and explore pleasure And then sometimes a surrogate may have sex with a client, but sometimes they don't even have to get to that point because the client's like, wow, I think I have the tools now where I can do this on my own. Uh So with someone that has a disability that's never had sex before, Mm -hmm. you know, it's a good way to introduce that. Or if someone has had sexual trauma and they've worked through their trauma, but now they want to become sexual in their bodies. Yeah. mm -hmm. Enjoy themselves. Super powerful. It's such great work. Yeah, Yeah. role-play.
0: There's a lot of value in role-playing.
2: Oh, yeah. I mean, there's this creativity that can happen that I think doesn't get talked about enough. So I'm a big fan of surrogate partner therapy. I think sex therapists could really benefit from it more from working with a surrogate partner. Yeah, And the way that it works is, is that the client goes to the surrogate partner and then they have their experience and they come into sex therapy and they process what it brought up for them what type of emotions Mm. came up what made them feel uncomfortable is there something that needs to be changed
0: comprehensive
2: it is it's really cool it is it's a lot of work too because you're also meeting with the client but you're also meeting with the surrogate partner so so much
0: communication
1: so and then you and then you act as kind of the 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 middle person to the translator and you you go back and tell the the surrogate what worked what didn't work right absolutely
2: or then the client goes back after i've talked to the client with the right words with the right words and so often what they'll do is they'll do notes on the client and then they will send the notes to me and then what i do is i go through those notes with the client okay and it's very empowering especially with people that have had sexual trauma you know because they really do feel like there's a piece of them that's missing sexually mm-hmm. it's very easy. Their sexuality was used against them. Exactly. It's awful it's, it's awful and so the thing is is that it's so easy for them to say no but not to say yes mm-hmm. uh, yeah, so yeah, it yeah. allows them to feel more comfortable in their bodies so they can do that
0: God it's so funny because I, I this is not a disability but like you talk about people pleasing on your social media and uh, I always thought about how and I've said this before like it would be great to have a male sex doll because I could actually figure out how I want to move with no insecurity because it's not a person there. Right. But it's the shape of a person. Absolutely. And I can actually and I'm like, oh I wonder if there's like sex surrogates for people pleasers. Because I would hire one. Because it's hard. And I'm not going to do it with a man I'm seeing. Like I'm not, I don't know. It doesn't feel safe.
2: Well, and it feels safer when you're working with someone who's not going to judge you or shame you. It's yeah. like you're doing There's this no stakes. work. There's no stakes. I don't need to get, impress them. I don't yeah. have to get right. you to fucking love me. Right. it's <laughs> exhausting. Right. And, and a lot of times, something... <laughs> <laughs> You don't have to
0: get anyone. They will you just naturally love you. you. Say that, <laughs> but that's not how I feel inside.
2: Exactly, but it's powerful work. You know, yeah. it's really great because it allows someone to be in their bodies. And you know what? If the client falls in love with the surrogate, which oh, has happened, yeah. yeah
0: cause, oh, because you're, you're trusting. I totally it's
2: see Trusting. That. I mean, well, that's why like
0: people th- fall in love with their therapist
1: oh, all the time. Shit, all
2: the time. I can't even. I...
0: Oh wow! <laughs> uh, <have> you... <laughs> oh, I know. I got so many. I got so many PO boxes. You're either all loved, the Valentine's Dick arms.
1: <laughs> Oh gosh. Yeah.
2: Or they just don't say anything, but they are in love with
1: you. You wow. see it in their eyes. Yeah, you because feel it. Yeah. It's so
2: intimate. And you know what's interesting is that during COVID with Zoom, which right. I hated at first. Yeah. Like, it was wild. But I can really see their eyes better and they're looking at me and I'm looking at them. Yeah. And it's it's wild. And yeah. now I get uncomfortable sometimes with in person therapy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like I've been doing this shit for so long, yeah. and I've got someone sitting in front of me, and I'm like I'm like twitching. And Where's
0: I'm, the barrier? Oh,
2: There's so no funny. barrier, right. And They're I just ca- there. Well, and they always teach you, and like when you go to school to be a psychotherapist, that there should never be a barrier. Oh, I'm like, well, shit, I mean, there should I, be some barriers. I mean, like, not. don't fuck
0: your patients. Well, yeah, <laughs> especially when you talk about sex. That's you know, a good one. Oh, surrogacy is different, but yeah. like. It,
2: but I love my barrier. Right. Yeah. I love it now. And now I don't have that sometimes. And it's like, okay, I've got this couple in here with me and I've got to do this work, which, mm. I mean, I missed it, but it's still hard. Yeah, and, You know, it Well, you
0: feel the energy of the uncomfortableness, the sadness, the do. terror, whatever you it is. You do. And
2: sometimes on Zoom or on, if you're doing like telehealth, it's hard to actually see that sometimes. Yeah. 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 You know, but I'll never forget when I started doing telehealth, I was living in a studio apartment with my husband And my husband was having to work. He was using the bathroom sink for his desk. Oh, my God. I I had a little noise machine.
0: Oh, yeah. And then we were
2: doing I was doing sessions. And of course, George Floyd had just been killed. So it was Black Lives Matter. So I had helicopters.
0: protesters. I had
2: helicopters above my studio apartment. Yeah. While I'm doing sessions. Right, 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 right trying to like heal people and yeah, i've got it's right. helicopters it's yeah, that tense I right now it yeah. was so tense yeah. you know but then you as human beings you know we get used to things
0: mm-hmm. well yeah and there's this tendency too for every person uh not every person but most to not to feel like you can't you can't handle facing your own pain when you actually can that's yeah. the big rub to all of this oh i, feel. I know the and whole fucking thing is is really rooted in you can face your own pain and it's gonna hurt and be sad and hard but like That's how you pass it through your body. It's
2: so great when you can do that. When people have chronic pain, Mm -hmm. you really do have to form a relationship with it. Mm. And when you can form a relationship with it, you can actually manage it a lot better. Right. Where when you try to control it and you fight it, people find themselves in more pain. Oh, of course. You well, know? your
0: brain, your brain can make you feel pain.
2: Oh, yeah. Your brain and body is so connected. That's why people have erectile issues. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah.
1: I'm reading. I started reading a book <laughs> last night and it's uh, basically kind of talking about that, like, like walking into the pain, walking into the fear. It's using a lot of Buddhist principles, mm-hmm. but that's what they're, they're just like. No, we make the mistake of doing all these things in life to uh, avoid situations which we're scared of and one of the first stories that the author tells is like a dog got off its chain like a guard dog got off its chain and was running towards a group of people and everyone ran away and then this person charged at the, to- the dog and then the dog recoiled with its tail between its legs because right. it faced the fear head on and I'm like I mean that's a you know don't do that at home kids yeah but no, right, don't do
0: right.
1: that at home Chad we're not
0: saying run towards I'm the animal I'm not
1: saying that works t- 10 out of 10 times. <laughs> no. And you're no. gonna find out the hard way. Yeah, but I was like yeah. fascinating. Yeah.
2: It's amazing. And you know, it's interesting when I work with patients where they are chronically ill and if they do have pain due to their illness and they start recognizing it and form a relationship with it, it's very empowering. Yeah. They're not running from it, sure. they're not avoiding it. And of course there's gonna be times where you don't want to accept things, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But when you can get to a place where you can at least try to do that, we see that people can actually cope a lot better and fighting it all the time and and where it just takes them down even more. Have
0: you seen people ever uh, completely alleviate, alleviate their chronic pain?
2: You know what, I have, especially with chronic back pain. It's yeah, because there's a lot yeah. of mental stuff comp- yeah. that are, that's tactical. Yeah. Right? The untethered
0: soul talks about that, and like Louise Hay, ever yeah. talked about that? Right. And basically, like you can heal yourself, and it's, you really
2: can. It you feels really
0: can. insulting. I've heard. I've witnessed people react in a way that they feel insulted that I say that 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 is a concept that gets tossed around. Mm-hmm. But it's like. But you, like you said, if you keep fighting it, you are perpetuating the
2: pain. Right, right. And what we find in, in the literature now when it comes to mental health and chronic pain is that psychotherapy has become one of the leading treatments for chronic pain. Mm. Because you have to process your emotions and your feelings. And that's why I think people can heal themselves. If you're angry all the time and you're wrapped up in it, your brain is communicating with your body.
1: Yeah. What you know? ma- so yeah, what makes psychotherapy unique? I think cuz there's a lot of it's all like psychotherapy like who you're going to cuz like I just go to like a, a regular therapist mm-hmm. but, I, but she's not using psychotherapy. Uh, Right. So, yeah. Can you explain that a little bit?
2: Well, I think what's great about psychotherapy is that you're actually using some type of treatment modality with what's happening. So you could be using cognitive behavioral therapy where you're looking at your thought process Mm -hmm. and we're trying to change thoughts. We're trying to look at them a different way, Mm -hmm. you know, trying to address like a lot of the irrationality that could be going on. So that's really part of that. And you're really given the patient or client homework to come back. And report on the same thing with sex therapy. I mean, sex therapy is rooted in cognitive therapy. Okay. So I'm giving like people in relationships things to go home and try and then come back and see how it works. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, my family in North Carolina, they were like, are you fucking your clients? What? You know? And I'm like, um <laughs> Jesus. That's not what it is.
0: I mean, at least we have honest communication. You know, but we're talking about have... sex, you that's know? Nice. That's funny. It's like there's are they is that coming from a place of not being comfortable talking about sex?
2: That they're asked that? I think so. Yeah. Like, yeah. if you're talking about it, that must mean you're doing it. It's
0: like, no, we can talk about it and not do it. Exactly.
2: Crazy. That's what about it's about. It's Right. About, sex at its heart is about communication anyway, right? Yeah. So that's what we're sure. talking about. But that's through a psychotherapy lens, too. Okay. Even when we're doing trauma work, we may be going into the past and digging some things up, mm-hmm. which can be uncomfortable. But mm-hmm. again, it's almost like what you're saying. You have to like feel that pain before you can have healing sometimes.
1: And how did you get into this work uh, to begin with? Because it seems like, you know, it's not like your family was like, oh, Lee, go talk about
0: fucking. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Oh, talk yeah. about people's
1: ding-dongs. Well, I was New an house.
2: actor and a dancer for years before I went in to be a psychotherapist. And so I moved to New York at 19, mm-hmm. you know, wanting to go into to theater and went to college and then got a taste of New York City and started working at the tunnel as mm-hmm. a dancer, nice. which was fun. Cool. What's the which, tunnel? The tunnel was a nightclub back in nineteen ninety nine. Well it started in the eighties, you know, but I got to work at the tunnel and explore that and be around lovely people and people who are actually pretty famous now that I worked with, like Peppermint, Gummy Bear (gasps) and and Amanda Lepore. Oh my god. All of those people that were there. And really Peter Gation and Shit. Alec, what's his name? Who then died. He oh, cut somebody Alec. up, and he, like, oh, put him in the river. Oh, the nightlight, yeah. the, uh, the limelight guy? The limelight guy. Yeah. Yes, party yes. monster. Wow, you were
0: amongst the party elite. I was. It was shit. fun. That and was, then... like, the time to be in the <laughs> yeah. New York I'm so was... I just missed it. I'm
1: so yeah, jealous. it was fun.
2: And then, you know, I went home and got my shit together and finished all my degrees. And, and I said, you know, I miss New York. I want to go back to New York. I think it's a great place to practice therapy, but also yeah. to get involved in the media and certain things. And so... um I came back. You know, there's something about New York yeah. That's different from every city. There's like an energy here, like oh, no yeah. other.
1: Uh, yes. And
2: you can come in and you can let it suck you up and spit you out, which it did to me when I was 19. Uh-huh. Or you come back and you take it and you're like, we're going to do this again. I'm going to shroud you. Yeah. So- New
1: York's like the ocean. Like it just pushes <laughs> you out and then you go, you're like, no, no, going no. Come back <laughs> with a fucking
0: catamaran <laughs> boat.
2: But <laughs> I crazy. loved yeah. going home yeah. Yeah. and working on myself and doing that. Yeah. And really, you know, I that's what I found the love. I started feeding the homeless up here too Oh, but when yeah. I was young and mm-hmm. so I started volunteering at like soup kitchens and I was like I think I want to go into social work but yeah, yeah. I'm not sure which kinds and give back and so that's what really um, got me into this work and then I started going to workshops and people were like well you should become a sex therapist because people need to like really learn to have sex or reclaim so their much sexuality shame it. so much shame with their chronic pain and I was like okay I can do that and so that's when I started um doing that cuz I didn't if they don't teach you sex therapy in graduate school when you're studying to be a therapist. Really? No, you have to get certified. It's like equivalent to a master's degree.
0: How many years is Like the certification? Two years. Oh shit. Like shit. Two, shit. 2 years. Well, that's so- good. I mean that God, yeah. I can't but I can't still cannot imagine every ground all that ground being covered in only two years there's so much yeah, to there's sex. so
2: much so as therapists I mean the great thing about this profession too is that we're always learning yeah am yeah. always learning like a client will come in and throw out a term and I'm like like blue am yeah. like what is that you know yeah. or I would have a teenager come in and say yeah this girl at school she has a blue waffle is that a pussy it is <laughs> a waffle but it's one that doesn't take care of itself you <laughs> don't want to Google blue waffle. <laughs> Don't wow. do it.
1: But I had a teenager coming teenage one day, boy? you know, everyone I, yeah. just paused the episode to google blue waffle. Like, Dr.
2: Oh. Dr. Lee, this girl at school has a blue waffle.
0: What the fuck? And I was like, "Okay, that's okay. not how we talk about women's vaginas." Exactly. And I uh, was like, "Well, what is that?"
2: And then I googled it and it
0: was What is a teenage boy doing in sex therapy? I mean, honestly, that's Well, he was not in sex
2: therapy. He oh. was coming because of his behavioral issues. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and then the blue waffle came up. And then it came up, right? Right, well, right, right, but, right. but that's what's great about this profession is yeah. that we're always learning yeah. and we're just always trying to grow and we love working with different people. That's why I specialize in different things just so I can... I'm like a sponge sometimes. Yeah, you're hungry
0: for human experiences. Exactly,
2: and it's great. That's what's great about the work is that... Yeah. You know, I can still use my acting abilities sometimes to engage and yeah. Act, I mean, there's a lot of acting in you know?
0: therapy, like not making a <laughs> face when people say shit to
1: you. Oh, oh, it's hard. You need
0: a good
2: poker face. Well, oh, yeah, when tough. you have
0: somebody coming who's just—I I imagine you've had at least one client in your lifetime that's spoiled and entitled and can't oh, see of the course. forest through the trees. <laughs> oh,
2: all the time.
0: But, there's okay, a lot of in them. New York, yeah. So, like, how the fuck do you get through? to somebody like that because if anybody's gonna get through to somebody like that, it's not their family. It's not their mm-hmm. b- romantic partner. It's their fucking therapist.
2: Well, you put one foot into their world and you keep your other foot out.
0: Right. <laughs> yeah.
2: Right. Yeah. You kind of have to feed it a little bit. Yeah. Oh, that must have been tough. Yeah, I hear you. But then I'm thinking, all right, uh. let's... And then you can start to challenge yeah, a little bit at times. Let's see once, how they react.
0: Yeah,
1: well, once mm. you form
2: a good relationship with yeah. them, then you can challenge them. You can call them out on their shit sometimes. Right. And clients like that. Yeah. They yeah. don't want someone who's gonna just like be passive all the time. They yeah. want someone who's gonna call them out. Unless you're you know? like a, nar-
0: like with narciss- a narcissistic person, like with a true narcissistic personality disorder come to you to just get validated. Has that ever happened?
2: It's rare that they do that because they feel they don't need it. They don't need, oh. they don't so they need it's therapy. it's rare that a narcissist yeah. comes in and then oh. if they do come in, my chair backs up
0: oh. a little bit.
2: I'm like, ooh, I think I know what you are. But what's odd, what's interesting is that sometimes with personality disorders, you don't see it until later on in therapy sometimes. because oh, they're gonna hiding it?
0: Yeah, it's like dating, d- yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're like, oh, I didn't see
2: that oh, two years I'm already ago.
0: invested.
2: God, right. Damn so they're it. you know, but you know what? I love challenging people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and you know what, they need help too, because of a course. lot of people well, it's, a, with,
0: it's a defense mechanism, it's right? a
2: defense mechanism. Most people with personality disorders, they have a history of trauma. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. So they need
2: help, right? And so that's where we come in. Yeah, it's you know? so funny.
0: You know, people go the same thing could happen. You could get an emotionally manipulative parent, tail as old as time, and you get the kid, you know, it depends on who. The kid is, of course, but like you can go one way or the other. You can develop a form of narcissism because you didn't get the love you need. So you just need to have yourself in this holier than thou position, this entitled way that you walk around life. Or you can be a people pleaser and just fucking bend over backwards any goddamn Joe Schmo that looks at
2: you. Which a lot of people do. Sometimes they get. What do
0: you say to those people?
2: Well, you know, I think the first thing to do is most people pleasers have very low Mm self-esteem. They don't even think about themselves. They think about other people. So one of the things that we have to focus on is what do you like?
0: Right. What do you like mm-hmm. when it
2: comes to pleasure? What do you like when it comes to, to your life? Like, what are yeah. your values? What do you want? Mm-hmm. Right. You know, often what happens is someone will bring something to a people pleaser and say, here you go. I made you this. Oh, well, I made you this. Oh. and it's like. You don't have you don't to have make to, them anything. Let yeah. them- let them Say thank you something. and accept Say it. Say thank you and accept it. And it's really hard. Yeah. People pleasers also have a lot of shame. Mm-hmm. So that's the defense mechanism is to please because they're covered in shame. Yeah, yeah. I always call it the shame monster. It shows up and you either got to like attack it and let it and defeat it sometimes- or let it come in let the shame monster do its thing and then let it go yeah you know but people pleasers they they need a lot of healing too
0: yeah yeah they so do so
2: it always comes up but you know i mean that's what's great about this field is that there's always help out there mm-hmm. with the right therapist you know that you can gel with
0: yeah imagine imagine uh, as a people pleaser if you engage in like as a dom i wonder if that would do anything that's a huge role reversal
2: Oh, yeah. No, it can be empowering. I've actually had a client one time that did that.
0: Damn. And it was
2: empowering you know and it's also great too like if there has been like infidelity in a relationship mm-hmm. what I find rewarding is when a couple stays together and they're like well how can we make our sex life great now so they may open up their relationship mm-hmm. yeah. after cheating everyone thinks that interesting just, you know it's like like okay. opening up
0: meaning like going to see other people like yeah, seeing other people or they sex swing
2: life? together or yeah. some type of non-monogamy you know yeah, because yeah. they may be having some things that they're very interested in but they never talk about it
0: right I think uh, my very first boyfriend Cheated on me. I was 16, but uh, I was so devastated. And uh, I think I developed a like a cuckold, a cuck queen, I guess, kink because I'm like, if I'm on control of it this is very enjoyable because now nothing's wrong.
2: Right? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So you can explore that with each other. Yeah. And I have a lot of couples that do that after cheating. They may swing together or Hmm. they may have their own partners if that's what they want to engage in. Hmm. But they have to have some type of an agreement and I help them form those too.
1: Yeah. You you were talking about a a topic that's been coming up a lot is like polyamory and open relationships. So is it most often after cheating or people just coming in cold? Like what are the reasons people come in and, and start talking about those topics sometimes it's a
2: combination of both Mm -hmm. sometimes there's been some type of like you know rupture in the relationship there's been some type of cheating so now they're coming in and they're wanting to open up their relationship now because they know that this has happened and one partner may desire something different Mm -hmm. so that's why they may want to come in and explore what that what does that look like to them yeah and then you've got people that come in that have been together for years and their sex is just boring as fuck yeah yeah (laughs) You know? And they're like they then do, do the same them? thing over and over again. Well then we work on, well, why don't you try to spice it up and do this? And then they do that and then they're like, Yeah, but I'm like, you wanna sleep with somebody else, don't you? Ah, there well, it is. Well, we're thinking about it, but we don't know what that looks like, and am I going to get jealous? And I'm like, look, anytime someone goes into non-monogamy, expect yourself to get jealous. Yeah, it's okay. It you're going to get
0: jealous if you're monogamous. Of course. You're going to get probably, arguably more jealous if you're all monogamous. All the time,
2: all the time. And so we just direct them and help them open that up. The bad thing is, is that when I have people come in that have already been open, and they come in and there's been, like, um, lies or they mm. haven't respected the boundary. No. And then I will often say, well, did you have a, an agreement? We no, we never had one. Well, that's your problem, you right. know? Boundaries are more flexible than rules. Right. But they may break those. And then there's this distrust. And I don't know if we should keep our relationship open but it's really hard to close it back up after you've opened it.
1: Yes, 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 I know. And that's why, because like, there's a lot of people who write in and, you know, it's not that we're like not believing in polyamory or open relationships, as the TikTok comments would say. It's more, <laughs> it's more just like people are trying to do do what I would consider is like a next level. It's like, it's like, I, it's the next level in Mario Brothers to me as polyamory. You have to kind of like master, I feel like you have to master monogamy or not, you know, to get to the next level. And there's like these 20 two year olds writing us in that they're polyamorous and I'm just going no you're not like I just know you're not like no it's, it's such a complex thing and the, it is complex and, and you need to be so good at emotional
2: intelligence
1: yeah yes. a lot
2: of it and you have to have a nice foundation right and yeah. it doesn't matter if you've been together for like two years you can be together for two years and open something up if you've got sure that foundation that's what my husband and I did after three years mm-hmm. I, were, I was at a bar with him and I'm like you know I love you but I want to explore things and he was like well shit I'm glad you said something first oh wow Wow, that worked out. And then I tried to close it up. I got jealous. Uh, I said, I don't think we can do this. And he said, well, I'm not going back. And I said, well, shit, I got to get my shit together.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, so, you, you, that probably touched your stuff. Like
1: when you got jealous. So, like It
2: touched my stuff. It, yeah. And, you know.
0: Well, why is it's, it's interesting?
1: And Dan Savage talks about this a lot, making fun of straight people. But it just <laughs> seems like uh, the gay community, especially gay men, have really mastered uh, open relationships yeah. in a way that heterosexual people have failed to and why do you what do is you have that? insight on that? You know what Help it's us.
2: so fascinating I know I just taught a class yesterday therapy with LGBTQ plus mm-hmm. clients and I talked about that I said if you're going to be working with gay men expect that they may be non-monogamous yeah. they may be involved in kink There's something I think that they are just very confident about with their sexuality. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. And what Dan's also cited, he's like, there's not, everyone's not a gay man. There's not a lot of us. So if I claim you and I say you can't fuck him because I fucked him a lot, then I'm claiming half of the population in our town, perhaps. Exactly.
2: Mm -hmm. There's something that is more relaxed about it. Um, that's more calm about it. They feel like I think they can talk to each other better. I think you're also dealing with two people that are actually the same sex. I mean, not saying that women and men are so different from we're each just, other. We're
0: socialized differently, but they're though. socialized that's a good differently. Point, yeah. And I yeah. think that's
2: what it is. I think there's it a fucks lot of. Us up.
0: I can't believe straight men and women get along, to be honest. Oh, I
2: know. I know. It really does. And men are portrayed, straight men are portrayed as one way, and so are women, right? Yeah, and it's damaging. It's very damaging. I work with a lot of couples where they struggle to communicate, and a lot of times they do it because the male client always has this toxic masculinity thing that he's been taught, and the female client has always been taught to be a certain way. So they clash when it comes to communicating. So I think it has a lot... To do with that. But, I mean, I have worked with, you know, gay male clients where they've had an issue with opening things up where they're very jealous in the beginning. And so we right. have to work through those emotions. You have to breathe through it. Breathe through it. Yeah. And sometimes people, I think during COVID, we saw people close things back up, which was, like, really well, yeah, hard. You couldn't cause really cause fuck, you, you fuck couldn't do it. You couldn't <laughs> yeah. do it, right? Yeah. <laughs> and so that was difficult. But now that we're living in this pandemic, I mean, people are getting back out there they're communicating more and they're exploring that but I have found that gay men are more successful in it they come into therapy gay couples come into therapy because they want to do more fun and exciting sexual things sometimes or they're just having like bitch fights and communication issues (laughs) I mean, that's the medical
1: term for it. That that happens, too. therapeutic psychology term. They're
2: mad. They'll come in and say, well, I'm jealous of his haircut. And he's like, well, I'm jealous of the clothes that he's wearing. That's so funny. And I'm like, well, let's. You guys. You guys, come on. Let's talk about that. But a middleman for for
0: a fight like that, it's like, you're just doing this. Stop it. You do need a referee sometimes. You do. I mean, I think
2: a mediator does. We do come in sometimes and we help, you know, just this. Are you hearing him talk right now and help them validate each other? Validating yeah. is not agreeing with your partner, mm-hmm. it's just making sense of how they feel. Yeah. yeah. And I think people struggle with that. Yeah. Uh-huh. You know, and I think relationships could succeed more if they actually listened to what they were saying to each other. I know.
0: What, what are the kind of um, examples that you've been presented with straight men and toxic masculinity, and how have you ushered them
2: through that? That's a really good question. You know, really just giving them the space to let it out. Ooh, that's and rough. Really Somebody ju- ne- you know what? Somebody needs to give them the space. I'm and glad it's you.
0: Because yeah. <laughs> I, I don't have the patience, but you're right. Yeah, they, like, need,
2: they, need, they don't need it from their... Their partner can't do it. Yeah, and it's, ugh, it's you the know? ego thing. That's, it's it's like, I'm not fucking thing. helping walk you through this bullshit that you... But if they you, come in and, you know, they can just let it out a little bit yeah and the insecurity the whole goal of therapy is just processing that's all it is you know we're taught in school to use this model and do this and every time a client comes in make sure you're doing this and I'm like fuck that I'm just holding a space yeah and really see where we can get to and when I find that I let them guide it sometimes and uh. I sit back they love that I don't talk too much you know and I used to be so uncomfortable with silence and therapy
0: Oh, yeah. My like, therapist actually made me comfortable with silence because she was very comfortable in it. I'm like, wait, that's weird. Do you want me to say something? Do you even like me? I don't even know if I should be here.
2: But I think healing that with them, it's allowing them to come in and talk about how they grew up with that toxic masculinity mm-hmm. and how it's presented a problem and how they can be more flexible in their thinking mm. and that it's OK to be vulnerable and it's not a weakness. Yeah. And you don't have to put up the front all the time. Uh-huh. And then when you can crack that with them, man, they start. It's like the floodgates open in therapy. Yeah.
0: Yeah,
2: it's wow. amazing. Have
0: you have you had a uh, straight guy clients just straight up say like I saw my dad do this or I saw or I was taught that like
2: absolutely any
0: any any like any specifics that have blown you're like wow that is brutal
2: like. Um. Yeah, I mean, I've had people before that have endured so much abuse from a parent where mm. they've been beaten or they were told if you don't get it together, um, you're going to be out of the house. I mm. mean, there was years ago where I actually had a patient where his father made him get on his knees and on his knees, under his knees, were popcorn kernels. Mm. Oh. So the trauma from that to be a man.
0: Wait, what did that symbolize? Like, what was that? What was he trying to say with I that? I think
2: he was trying to get him to fight through his pain. Because, that would be very painful to lean. Like, oh. On, going on, you yeah. know, b-
0: uh, being on your knees
2: to be a kneecap with is a very delicate curse. <laughs> you know, blowjob job is a job. Yes, <laughs> it is. They don't call it a job for nothing, yeah, right? That's yeah, for yeah. sure. I so mean, anything
1: it, under there, yeah, it would be very painful. Very oh, painful. Just so to like just,
0: prove himself that he could to fight
1: prove himself. Pain. And then
2: to be able oh, to God. have, you know, them come in and being able to. Just talk about that and the experience. Yeah. That's the healing part. You know, like what we were talking about earlier, you have to get through the tough parts to get to the healing. Sure. Yeah, and when you can death. do that work, I mean, it's empowering. Yeah. 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 So
1: I feel like some dads think they're like they're running their own boot camp in the house or something. It's just like, yep. what? What? This, yeah.
2: is not, what? this is
0: not Olympic training. Yeah. Like right. Teaching your kid how to run away from themselves.
2: Right. So we try to like work with people so they can be more flexible so they don't have to be like that when they're. When they're dads, and a lot of times when they come in, they don't want to be like their parents. You know, they're like, I don't want my son to look at me that way. I want to be a good parent to my child. So we talk about what does that look like. So there's a lot that goes into that. But
0: Do you ever have people come in with the sexual desires that are illegal?
2: Absolutely. They may have fantasies about things, and you yeah. know what? That's their fantasy. That's yeah. People have fantasies, right? I mean, so many people have them, and they don't share them because of that reason, yeah, right? Sure. Very, it could be
0: a healthy way to fantasize. It obviously, could be a healthy way to fantasize,
2: and to really be able to just keep it inside. But in sex therapy, or just in therapy, they can open up about it, and it can be validated for them because if they go to a different type of therapist that's next sex that's not sex positive or kink aware they may not be able to share that
0: and and do do you are you obligated to
2: report if it is if they're acting on something I mean it could be I mean as a as a therapist we have the duty to to warn and to report if certain things come up Mm -hmm. Uh, fortunately I haven't had someone come in and say well i'm actually doing this they may talk about the fantasy in their head or at least they're not yeah. telling me
1: yeah right um
2: have you, you ever know, had to
1: tackle someone saying, I'm like I'm attracted to minors? Because, I mean, that's something that we talk about a lot on this show, and there's so few therapists willing to even, like, hear that, which is you a know disservice. I,
2: you know, it is a disservice. I mean, I would be open to... I've never... Personally, I haven't had anyone talk about that in therapy, but mm-hmm. I would be open to it. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. they, they need have, somebody
0: to fucking... They need somebody lo- a to mode. talk
2: to. Yeah, they yeah. need to be able to talk about it. And so I think there's this judgment, of course, that goes into yeah. that. But if you can hold space for that, and you let them start, talk yeah. about that because they go to like a certified sex offender practitioner mm-hmm. or a certified sex therapist or certified sex addiction therapist. Mm-hmm. Which there's no evidence base that sex addiction therapy huh. works, and you can't diagnose it. You know, they need to see someone who. Sorry, I was, you just, know, I was just talking really, about how she I was thinks, just
1: really patting myself on the back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good. She was just talking about how
2: sex addiction is kind of bullshit. And oh my gosh, it like, it's awful. <laughs> it's so pathological and. It's terrible <laughs> That's
0: exactly what you said Well it, you it, know, In so few words Well the thing
1: is There's very few things That I know a lot about But I mean We've been doing this show For almost a decade At this point So it's just You know I've talked to We've talked to a lot of people And there's a It's just One of those things That's come up That enough Really um, Well educated Studied uh, People that I trust Have have said I don't think so To sex addiction And enough um Narcissists have said it that they <laughs> it's suffer from it's definitely real. That <laughs> it's real. I came to my own conclusion, <laughs> right? You know. Right. However, did you do that? Yeah. Yeah. And it's yeah. not taking. I'm like. I, I, so I'm like. You know. To people who say that, I go. Yeah. I'm sure something's wrong. It's just like you're blaming it on this other thing that I feel like feels easier to say. Mm-hmm. Because like <clears throat> labeling something as an addiction or disease, like you go, oh, I've I can put it in a in a box. I understand what it is now. I'm sick, and I just don't think. I, I just, that's you're why stepping I don't into in this it. victim yeah. role
0: that doesn't do anything to benefit you, to get you, propel you out of the situation.
2: Absolutely. That is the biggest thing about it, right there, is right. that you can come to a certified sex therapist that is sex positive. And be able to talk about sexual compulsivity in a way that's not gonna shame you or judge you. Right. Because one of the things that I do is if I have a client that comes to me with sexual compulsivity, I do like an erotic assessment. like, How? What's an erotic assessment? Like where you just ask them certain things that they're into. Okay. Yeah. And they'll say, yeah, but I haven't had the opportunity to try that. Or when I did cheat, I would go out and do that oh. because it's something that I wanted to do. But I. The energy's couldn't. gotta go somewhere. The energy's gotta go somewhere, but I couldn't tell my significant other about that. Yeah. yeah. So we normalize it and it's like, okay, we talk about healthy sexuality, because we do know that some of these behaviors they can go out and there's some consequences that can happen with STIs or they are in a monogamous relationship and they're not telling their other partner. And so it's always great when they do come out about it and their other partner is like, hey, I'm here to support you. Yeah. I know there's behaviors, you know, so why don't we work on this?
0: Yeah, there's so much there's I love the four agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz and their one agreement that is so relevant to everything you've been talking about is not taking things personally, even when it's our romantic partner. And it feels like the most fucking personal (laughs) goddamn thing that anybody could ever on this fucking planet do to us. Yeah. And it's still not personal, which is wild, because when you were talking about an open relationship and you were saying, you know, your your partner was like, I want to open you're like, oh, me too, you know. There is this, and, and maybe it's in, in the male gay community is just more understanding of this, but you can want to fuck somebody and it has nothing to do with how much you love your partner. It has
2: nothing to do with that. Which them. is
0: a, I know that's true, but it does feel wild. Oh, it's, it, it <laughs> does.
2: It does feel wild because a lot of people say, well, why do you want to go out and do that when you have me? Right.
0: Well, that's why a cuckolding kink is so interesting because when you watch your boyfriend that you're in love with, fuck a, a hot chick in front of you, you're like- I'm facing this shit, huh? Like it's (laughs) wild. It's really therapeutic.
2: It is therapeutic. And I think people have different desires and different needs and different fantasies. Yeah. And I just think it's great when we can normalize it and we can talk about it in a setting. That's not going to shame them or judge them Mm -hmm. Yeah. because a lot of times after they talk about it, they're like, that's all I needed. Nice. I just need you to talk about it. Yeah. I don't yeah. have to go out here and do this and do that. I've been able to talk about it with you, and I can fantasize about it and masturbate. Yeah, yeah. which
0: is awesome. Yeah, that's why I say to everybody too. Like when you're thinking of a crazy care, k- like a crazy kink or something, that's incorporate it into your dirty talk. Like baby steps. Yeah, you don't so have to yeah. immediately run out and do it.
2: Exactly. Yeah. You
0: don't have to run into the fire.
1: Right. Yeah,
2: but then you there's know, because yeah, there's a
0: lot
1: of. It. I feel like there's a, we have a <laughs> something about us uh, <laughs> makes a lot of people who listen to the show very impulsive. Um, uh-huh. So you know any. Anytime there's a a lot of people feel a certain way Or we have a certain type of listener That seems to be like large in numbers I, I look within because I go This is something that we're attracting. Yeah, for sure. Obviously. We are, yeah. You know, sometimes it's not a good look in the mirror. Correct. Right. Um, yeah. So w- as far as like kind of uh, not taking it personally, how do you feel that way or how do you talk to a, ch- a client who's been cheated on? Because I think for uh. me, learning that being cheated on, like to not take it personally, uh, that, that was great. That was such an eye opener.
2: Right. I think it's great when you can get to that point where they don't have to take it personally. So yeah. what I always talk about, there are reasons why people cheat. People usually just don't wake up and go, you know what? I'm going to hurt my partner today and go fuck somebody else. Yeah, yeah. There's something going on in the relationship or with them. And often when we start to dig it up, there is a disconnection going on between two people, right? Uh, Whether there's an emotional disconnection, there's a sexual disconnection. Usually it's not a sexual Uh, sexual disconnection. disconnection. It's an emotional. There's something Mm -hmm. going on that's caused a rupture in the partnership. Mm -hmm. There could be some gaslighting that is going on like oh you're too sensitive oh, I don't do yeah. that to you get over when it when
0: someone I mm-hmm. the time both times that I've been cheated on the guy was like you're insane why would you how dare you accuse me of that when that's exactly what they were doing I'm like right. you mother
2: Yeah. Fucker. so it's like there's something going on with that person, not necessarily with you. Mm -hmm. And that's why we have to get to a place where you don't have to take it so personal because a lot of times they're not cheating because it's you. There's something going on within them. But often it is something going on with that partner. And when people can be accountable and say, you know what? I was shaming you. I was gaslighting you. I was unfair to you. No wonder why you went out and maybe did some of this. That's why I love it when people can get back together and they can actually work on the relationship instead yeah. of ending it.
0: Yeah, because you, yeah. you express what you need to express through unhealthy ways, like nagging, I think, is like a, a, a typical behavioral pattern in, in, within a relationship that it's like you're not expressing what you fucking need to express right now. It's just coming out as nagging. and But that'll turn somebody off.
2: Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you're, if you're judging your partner all the time and you're yelling at them and you are nagging at them yeah. I mean, they can get resentful. Yeah. And they you back them into a corner. They may go out and do something. Right. Mm-hmm. But I think the goal is, is to work on that before it gets to them doing that. And unfortunately, people end up in my office after after the math. But then they learn something from it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they can learn to be accountable and be responsible in their relationship. But then you do have relationships where someone goes out and cheats and the relationship was going well and you're uh, like, "Well, what? What happened?" What happened? Yeah. Well, sometimes like, there's did, so
1: many people who like to mess up a good thing. Right. Because, because self-sabotage. Because oh, they don't want to wait because they don't want to wait for that bad thing to happen because you feel so out of control and so anxious to wait for the bad thing, right. so you're like, "I'm just going to make the bad thing So happen. we call yeah. that like a
2: can opener affair. Mm. Where oh. it's like they open. so they do it for a reason because yeah. they're not happy or and that's how they communicate it. that's how they communicate it. that's what yeah. happened to
1: Mrs. Leary on Dawson's Creek you know sure. just everything was going too well so Can't she just had affair. a fucker colleague that's yeah. obviously a really relatable right
2: yeah <laughs>
1: well yeah I know because uh, something, the, the instance that I was cheated on it was like someone who I had literally been trying to dump for months and so Ugh. when it clicked in my head I was like oh well he just took back control by being like, we're going to do this on my terms. But then I I found out about the cheating later. So I'm like, it was just like something like he control that he needed within, not even necessarily control that he needed to like splash in my face. Yeah. So like I, I actually understood completely why he did it. I was mm-hmm. like, but just like, why would you like lie to me? Like I, and I, cause I, cause I figured it out and I said, did you cheat on me? And he goes, no. And I was like,
0: he fucking did. like,
1: but like. I wouldn't have even been Asking. upset had you oh. told me then. It was finding out so much later and finding out from someone who wasn't him that was the part that upset me.
2: That's the part that's always upsetting. Yeah. So when I talk to the other partner that's been cheated on, that's what always comes out. It's like if mm. he or she or they would have just told me, mm-hmm. yeah. then I wouldn't have gotten so resentful and mad and yeah. angry. And Otherwise,
1: then, you're a pawn and for their right. inner pain. Well, you kind of just feel like a jackass when you find out from someone else. You feel embarrassed. Because oh, my gosh. You go, so embarrassed. Yeah, yeah. that, yeah. And that's the problem. And no one likes to feel embarrassed.
2: No one likes to feel that way, right? Oh, when you got to find out or if you find out the the stuff on your own if you go through the phone or you go online and you it's, see yeah you, it
0: sucks when like women have an intuition where oh it's gosh, like do they we ever can
2: fucking do they ever <laughs>
0: <laughs> yo, yo we can guys, fucking tell. Guys, I know
2: it's annoying oh you annoying. guys got it but I but I also fucking love it
0: but but I'm but,
1: like go, go, ahead go, go ahead, bad, bitch. but when <laughs> you know <laughs>
0: but let me tell you something what do you do I when you do, do that know? in therapy because I'll come <laughs> When you when as a woman and I've been in this position that I live when you know but you don't have hard evidence, so you're like, Well what the fuck do I do now? I
2: don't wanna snoop. That's when they come to me. No
0: (laughs) And what do you say?
2: Snoop. <laughs> <laughs>
0: no, no, Yeah, do you? But I mean, the times that I have when I, every time I had an inkling, I go, I'm going to look in the phone and I know exactly where we're looking. I'm going to find exactly. And I you always know, I do. You're you know, going to always find the bad stuff when you have
1: the inkling. I do yeah. say trust yeah.
2: your gut instinct. If you can talk to your partner more and mm-hmm. try to get it out of them, yeah. do and it. And if they
0: gaslight you, then yep. I say snoop to oh, be honest. Because well, fuck yeah. that shit. Don't well, say it for your own. Well, a
2: lot of times they are. That's their way to defend themselves. Right. And some people do unconscious gaslighting. They don't know they're even doing it really yeah i had a journalist like interview me this morning on it and the thing of it is is that there's a lot of unconscious gaslighting people are really afraid of the truth people are afraid and they'll they will say oh my gosh you're being so sensitive i didn't do that to you and it's like um you just gaslit me what does that mean Oh, yeah. You know? Oh, right, right. Unaware. And they generally don't have bad intentions. This goes back to emotional intelligence Yeah. a lot. They don't know and they don't know it from childhood.
0: Yeah, and you can gain emotional intelligence. Of you just need the fucking words, right? You need the
2: words. You need to do the work. You need to listen when someone's trying to like instead of call you out, sometimes call you in.
0: Yeah. Oh. And say, oh, I love you know, that. this is
2: what <laughs> oh, we need great. to talk about here. Let me call you in and just say this is what happened. And then you can like learn maybe something from it. Yeah. So you can gain the emotion. Emotional intelligence, you yeah. can pass that on to other relationships. But then you just have full-blown narcissists that just gaslight all the time.
0: Yeah, and you're like, there's no
2: there's you no can't care. get through. Yeah. I, um, I
1: love the calling in because I yeah, I just wanted to talk about kind of like celebrity relationships. Obviously, the Amber Heard Johnny Depp trial is going on right now. But beyond that, I, I think we've seen, you know, as part of the reemergence of the Me Too uh movement, we've also seen a lot of people being quote called out for emotional abuse. And it, that's so hard because it's like i feel like almost in every relationship that you're in you emotionally abuse each other so when does it like cross that line of like this is something that we should be being talked about this this is a dangerous man or a woman to be around this is this should ruin your career because as much as i am on board with speaking up and like the authorities not doing enough for rape victims i do, i'm starting to get nervous now that like cuz labeling someone an emotional abuser feels heavy when in reality basically every it's relationship I've been in. I've done it yeah. and someone has done yeah. it right. to me yeah. Yeah. and yeah. I and cuz you know, like as much as I hate like you know some of my exes really want one, I don't I never want to say anything publicly that would actually get him in like legal trouble because I don't feel that he needs to, you know? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I, I am, mm-hmm. I'm always, like, very careful about what I say, which is not great considering what I've said. Just imagine how much more there is. Um, yeah. Right. <laughs> tip of the ice, it's called tip of the iceberg, baby. You know? But yeah. I, 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 because I don't feel that way. And I just talk about it a lot because I obviously am not done processing it. And that's like the point of this show.
2: Right. I like Mm -hmm. that you're saying that. I think the thing of it is, is that what it comes down to is that partners, they hurt each other and they heal each other. Mm -hmm. So Uh there is this interesting dynamic that always happens between them. And I think you're right. I mean, I think a lot of times partners can emotionally abuse each other. Yeah. Yeah, I think when it becomes a problem, when it's this continuous thing over and over again and people just cannot literally take it anymore and that's when they finally do something about it when they should do something earlier mm-hmm. right advocate for themselves but there's way this before. continuous thing and what really drains me is if I get a couple or people in relationships and they're not changing they just let it keep happening and I'm mm-hmm. like when are you gonna actually do something about this yeah and I've told people before I think you need to separate I say it good I'm not gonna sugarcoat anything I'm like and I have on my website, like I I will work with you, but it's your responsibility on what you want to do with your relationship. Right, mm-hmm. right. I'm right. not here to fix anyone. And I think people come into therapy thinking well, people, that people you know, go into they make anything
0: work. Yeah, people yeah. go into relationships as a distraction to their own pain or loneliness. Oh my
2: gosh, say that That's again. That's
0: ninety percent of romantic oh relationships. Oh my gosh, when, when you are relying on a person to distract you from your own pain, and they're not doing their jobs in your head. That's when shit pops up, but that's all, so many relationships. All the time. You have to be whole yeah. before yeah. you stop into one. And yeah. I learned that from The Untethered Soul. This is my favorite fucking book in the world. Yeah, yeah, no, it's Love true. Love that's, that's
2: what happens. They yeah. They have someone come into their life to try to help heal their own pain. Yeah. Or the person is going to help them cope with it. And that's not why you get into a relationship. Right. But that's what people will do. It's empowering when you can do your own work. Right. But I don't think people have had that opportunity.
0: Yeah, it's Crazy, uh, what I, I wanted to ask if you have anything to say about the Madonna whore complex.
2: Oh my gosh! Because boy, have I run into that. Boy, do I run into it too all so, the time. Can you explain what it is? And well, then really, you know, it's, a, it's I'm a, the whore. I'm a <laughs> she's Madonna. the Madonna. <laughs> I'm slut. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, what happens is is that you know, men. It just happens in like cisgender heterosexual relationships right. where. You're, I concur. <laughs> wife is like everything to a man. They love her. He loves her. She does everything in the home. She's like the perfect person. And then the sex starts dwindling off because the companionship always trumps the sex and eroticism.
0: Right. And so it's like
2: that glorified eroticism. roommate. And so then it's like uh. they can see a woman who's in the heels, who's very cocky, who's beautiful and knows a lot about herself and who's confident where they don't see that in their wife and they oh. want that. It's like there's the, there's the, the whore, that's the drive, that's the eroticism. the thing
0: is, like I feel like the women in the, at the opposite ends of these, the receiving end rather of these Madonna whore. they, they're like, I'll be the whore. Oh, I'm yeah. both well, a whore and I'm well, a Madonna. Like you're too I, eager. You're you're you're
1: saying I'll be the whore the way a Madonna would say it. Oh, right? Even there, you're just like, let me get you a sandwich. I'll be the you know like yes. Whores, me, whores aren't saying I'll be the whore. Whores are like, get the fuck away from me. Let me get you a
2: sandwich, <laughs> and I'll be naked when I do it, yeah. darling. Right, and then right, the right. husband's like, hell you? no. Let me go out and and do the whore down the street with the hot outfit on. You know. And I think the the husband or the male partner just has a really difficult time still seeing it. Yeah. But you know what I do find sometimes? It is nice when they can spice things up and they can do something different because I had a friend that went through this and she'd be, be happy that i talk about it real quick. She's found, she found her husband one night literally masturbating at his laptop. Well, mm-hmm. she walks out and she was going to the bathroom. She went to bed early and he was up with the lights off and she saw him do something. And tales slammed, time. Slammed the laptop uh, down and she goes, what are you looking at and he goes nothing she goes mm-hmm. shut the fuck up. so she goes back to bed and this is the next day she goes i really want to know what you were looking at i'm not gonna i'm not gonna judge you yeah i'm not gonna shame you and he goes i don't know if i want to tell you and because you know porn can be very personal and yeah, she's yeah. like just tell me and he goes i have a thing for women that wear cheap 80s yoga pants mm-hmm. <laughs> cheetah print to be exact interesting so then one day he Ram. goes to work And she goes to Walmart and she buys some like cheetah print yoga pants. And she, he comes home and she's got him on, and he got so turned on. And it really helped their sex life. Yeah,
0: yeah, because he kept
2: looking at her as like prim and proper, and she's the mom and everything. But it really helped them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you know that's that's the fairy tale. Of course, I was the first person that you know, she called because it was like, <laughs> right. you know, yeah, you're the sex therapist and my friend. So I got to tell you what happened. Yeah. yeah you yeah. know, so yeah. it's nice.
1: What do you think about, I read a quote the other day that said, basically like you'll meet, you'll keep meeting the same person um, again and again in your life until you learn the lesson. Ouch. Do you, what do you think of True. that? Like, cause I feel like, you know, so often we talk about like, uh, you know, women and men having like a type that we go after. That's bad for us. I love, like guys who are bad for me. Is there, is there a lesson we're supposed to be learning? like, just we deserve more. I mean,
2: well, my thing is this: is that I think it's in the unconscious. Mm-hmm. I think we yeah. choose partners based on the positive and negative characteristics of our caretakers. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh, you're telling me. <laughs> Say that eight so times it's like you're... we. That's our drive. It's like it's what we know. Well, it kinda, yeah. When
0: somebody keeps going back to a toxic person, to me, that's like okay. There's still something there for you to learn. If of you're of still course. attracted to that, then there's yeah. pain. There's pain for you to be had to face right and then move on from it because then because yeah. i have experience like you, you know oh i'm not attracted to that kind of like i used to be attra- my ex-boyfriend of seven years had a very grumpy demeanor he was never satisfied he was uh, you know eg- egocentric about so uh, all of his opinions and that was a type of guy that i yeah. really loved yeah um and now i'm just after i broke up with him and i kind of understood the roots i'm like i am not attracted to that personality oh my fucking god Ugh. So yeah. you do get unattracted, I feel like, when the lesson's been learned in a way.
2: When, it, when you can learn it. And I think that does take some time. And so when someone comes into therapy and they say, you know, I keep dating the same people. Mm-hmm. Well, where did that start? What goes on in your body? What comes up for you? What comes up with your emotions? You know, so you have to like dig. I always think of therapy like an iceberg. You get the tip of it and then you got to go deep. You got to go deep. And so yeah. we find out it's usually from childhood. And I will have a lot of patients that come in and they're like, you know, it's because that's how my mom was or my dad was. Yeah. And we find that out. Or you want someone completely different from your family
1: yeah because yeah, I was like I see very much like my mom and my dad in my friends but in my partners I just mm-hmm. like addicts and like no one in my f- my parents aren't no one in my family is an ad- well like, one person but it's not not really super close mm-hmm. related that's fascinating yeah I just yeah. like I, and I think like it's like because I misread like addiction as like I kind of interpret it as like you're really passionate about something and that <laughs> is ultimately about what I'm pills. looking for I like you're like you're gonna go all in yeah but like I'm really passionate about like success and like yeah, yeah then that's they are, your they're they're really passionate about like drinking stoli at 10 a.m. Yeah, <laughs>
2: so <laughs> you're like, why do I keep doing this? To right? Myself?
1: Yeah, there's just something about addicts, and, and they don't even have to be like active addicts. It could be recovering addicts. Just anyway, oh, every basically everyone I've ever dated.
2: Well, they're successful just in a different way.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's true. Thank you. <laughs>
1: yeah,
2: yeah. I, I mean, addicts. they're successful <laughs> in something. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and you, yeah, yeah, and you're successful in what your your what your drive is and what you want. Yeah. Yeah, that's fascinating. I think that, uh, you know, there's a drive there. There's an energy there that they're doing. And so you're seeing that. Yeah. yeah. So I
1: also like how do you stop like uh, I have this problem where like when someone says something, um, I'll believe them. Like if someone's like if someone, sh- like if, to- if, Me someone too. if someone like, <laughs> like I can't. I So a big problem is I can't read the difference between f- like faux confidence and real confidence.
0: Ah, I think you have a radar for that when people are full of shit no. you call out people being no, no, full of no. shit before I do
1: I can do full of shit but like so often with like men that I date like because mm. like that's like basically the one thing the, the most yeah. important core thing I need is I need you to love yourself because I can't do that workshop for you again Um, and <sighs> I'm like it's, sometimes it'll take like two years for me to realize this person didn't really love themselves
2: yeah Maybe yeah. they're really
1: good at the facade, right? They like, could be just really good at it. They want to be that, yeah. They
2: want to be that, right? It can be. It can be really <sighs> people hard. People are to... really chameleons, man. I oh, hate when man. people
1: adjust like to be the person that you want them to be. I'm like, no, yeah. just be who you actually are.
2: Be who you are. Yeah. And it's I think so people They it's struggle not with that. It's as
1: easy as it's yeah, so They want to
2: be accepted. Yeah. The way that they, you want them to be. You right. Because then
1: ultimately when I find out that's not who they are, then I just get, then I really hate them.
2: Right. Yeah. Right. You, you know? feel
0: betrayed. You were sold this
2: version well, You feel betrayed. You see what's happened. You finally learn what's happened. Is there and then- a way
0: to tell quicker? a blood test yeah
2: yeah i would love that a bullshit monitor yes yeah. 23 time, and
0: me get on what it what time were you born and what was the north node in the story right. what was happening there
2: you know it is really hard i think people take risk in relationships yeah it's I, like yeah. you take the risk and then you're like all right let's do this and then when it happens you're like damn uh,
0: it again that's you know? one thing that i realize about myself that i do give myself a pat on the back i ain't afraid of heartache Ooh, I walk into that heartache. You
2: know what? With eyes I think wide open. I think maybe if you, when you know that about yourself, that's empowering because yeah. then you're like, all right, I'm going to go through with this. I'm going to give right? this person a yeah. chance. I'm going to give them a they chance. They might let me down, but relationships that's okay. are so complicated. I should have stuck to acting and bartending. <laughs> I know, man.
1: How did you know that your husband was gonna want like you wanted him to be your husband?
2: Oh my gosh. You know, it's really funny. Like I moved to DC because I had to get the hell out of where I was living, which yeah. is like Hampton Roads, Virginia.
0: Oh yes, I, <laughs> I grew up I grew up in Virginia Beach, Chesapeake. What? Yes, seven five seven. I grew
2: up in Chesapeake. Great Bridge. I grew up in Western Branch. No! Okay. Oh <laughs>
0: Great Bridge. Western Yo, Branch. Western Branch. That's crazy. Oh my god. I we know. have Marymount Manhattan. Wild. That's I wild. know.
2: Wild. Wild. <laughs> wild. So I I got on an app. Yeah. I think that was on Scruff or Grinder. What the f- Scruff? It was Scruff, I got oh. it. Oh. Of course none of the guys like me don't? on there because I'm queer and they're all bald headed and bearded. Mm, okay. So but they're know. Also queer though. Yeah, but they're they're like scruffy. They're bare? You're, yeah. yeah, you're more
1: like Kesha Cruz. I get it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I understand. Right, right. So now my Well, my... I tried to describe <laughs> No, she's good to the I tried to describe to people the Kesha Cruz and I go, yeah, it like uh, there it was queer Specific. not gay, and it, it's different, and you just have to right. just
2: know. You just know. You know. Yeah, you know. You know, you know. So he hits me up yeah. and we start chatting. He's like, by the way, I'm in an open relationship with my husband. And I was like, well, I can't do that block. <laughs> because at that time I was a little, you know, I was yeah. trying to be a good boy from Hampton. <laughs> From, you know, from Hampton Roads. Oh, dude, I um, do. I mean, you that, know that? Oh, so I blocked Say no him. More. So two months later, I went through my unblock my block list, and so I unblocked him. Oh, that's. good. I should go
0: through my yeah. Block that's a good. So, that's a good way to find so, meet Everyone, go, so through, I go,
2: block, through, go block through those your people you felt list. abused by. So <laughs> I hit him up, and I said, "I'm really sorry. I think I made a mistake." And he's like, "Well, my husband and I are getting a divorce." I said, "Do you want to go out?" Oh, serendipity. So I met him at a gay bar in D.C. called Trade. I walk in and I got to go to the bathroom. I got to pee so bad. And I'm going to the bathroom and he says my name. And I turn around and looked at him. I've been with him since. Wow. Whoa. Started living together two months after dating.
0: That reminds me of Dan Savage and Terry. Like when he describes like they met. It was a one night stand. And he was yeah. like, you forever. And it's I've been never amazing. been
2: amazing. <laughs> oh, my gosh. He wow. had to go back to work to D.C. like last week because, you know, they made him go back in. He works for the federal government. And when he left with our two dogs, oh. Oh, it crushed the hell out of me. Yeah. It was gutting. And then he got word that he only has to go in two days a week every other week, which is good. Oh, that's okay. great. Because we split our time between Northern Virginia and New York. We do both places. Mm-hmm. And so I have a practice there and here. So it works out nice. But oh, that's we're, nice. we're just very close. We're just It just works. We're very different. Mm-hmm. He's that's introverted. Nice. I'm extroverted. I love the limelight. He can't stand it.
0: Oh, that's kind of that's nice. what you
2: need. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't need someone who wants to show me up, you know. Because I want to, <laughs> yeah. I want to be the show. You need someone you know? who wants
1: to be the star, and then someone who's that's just like a, the spotlight. And you know, he wants me to have
2: it. He's like, Doctor, yes. Lee, go do this. Go wow. do it. Go do it. You nice. Know? that's great, and beautiful. it works. You know, so it's a great relationship, and we're very open with each other. You know, I talk about sex all damn day. Sometimes I don't want it.
0: Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, Uh, thank you. That's what I've been (laughs) saying. (laughs) It's like that episode of Friends where Rachel was dating a a gynecologist, but at the time she was working at the cafe, and he was like trying to explain to her, he's like, you know when you come home from a day at work and you're like, if I see one more cup of coffee. <sighs> and she's like, oh, man. But yeah, you have yeah, to be honest, you I have mean, to be honest about I mean, all the
2: time. That. Like 9 a.m. to sometimes 9 p.m. at sex. Yeah. Which is fun. But yeah. it's exhausting though too. But he's so great. I come home, my dogs run up to me and he's got dinner made and I oh, wow. go take a shower. He doesn't try to go. So, so he lets me go in yeah, because my brain... I got you so need many decompress. stories in my head, man. Yeah,
1: I love yeah.
0: someone who greets you quietly.
1: Yeah. Oh, gosh. It's a so silent nice. greeting.
2: <laughs> yeah. Mm. Um, so,
0: where can we find more of you? Where well, what would you like to promote?
2: You know, I'm I'm on IG at Dr. Lee Phillips. I'm on Facebook at Dr. Lee Phillips. You can always hit me up, drleephillips at gmail.com. If you want to reach out to me, I, I check my email. um religiously all the time. It pings <laughs> me and I'm I'm always looking at it. So yeah. yeah nice. You can hit me up anytime. I do have a social media manager now, so please watch what you message me. Oh, okay. <laughs> Cause she does No nudes? She no nudes. And someone oh, sent me a nudes. nude the other day. You're and I was a therapist. On Instagram, on f- IG. Oh no. You know what's no, really bad man. is when you get a nude on LinkedIn. Oh, you get a
0: nude on LinkedIn? <laughs> <laughs>
2: What the fuck? I did
0: one the time. The problem is men. They, you know what I mean? like They, they ruin everything. So they
2: think that I can... <laughs> Jesus You know it's, Is my dick okay Yeah I had a, I had a guy one time That asked if he could Masturbate in front of me To show me if the technique Is right And I said absolutely not
0: Yeah Yeah That's more of a sex No <laughs> that's not people, even a sex no, no Some no, people it's... just
2: don't know They don't know They hear yeah. sex And they think that they can do Yeah so right. that's very
0: true yeah, You learn how, how to react so, To the question Yeah Sometimes you're so repressed That you go hard the other way So
2: night. we get We educate And they're then they're cool They're like Oh damn doc I didn't know that Alright I won't show my junk In front of you And that's I'm like fair. Thank, Thank you. you That's fair So yeah yeah. And you have a me.
1: podcast too as well. I do.
2: I have a podcast, Sex and Chronic Illness, with Dr. Lee, where we have shame-free conversations about chronic illness and sex. Nice. So, yeah. That's
0: important work. There's a lot it of people is. with chronic pain out there that feel run by it, that need to feel sexual and their
1: sexuality. Absolutely. Thank yeah. you so much for being on the show. This was a great episode. I know. It was a joy talking to you. It
2: was great. Thank
1: you. This has been Guys We Fuck the Anti-Slut Shaming Podcast. We'll talk to you next Friday. You can try to fail. Guys We Fucked is presented by Luminary, created and
0: hosted by Corinne Fisher and Christina Hutchinson.
1: Editing and music coordination by Mike Coscarelli. Theme song by Rob Patterson and Jake Cozen. Suck my wet ass pussy. (laughs) Christina said to cut that before, but now it's in there. Yeah, let's keep it. Who
2: cares? (laughs) But I'm your legendary
3: love. In legends, never die. You heard the stories written about me.
2: But you just had to come and see for yourself. Your infatuation with my bad reputation.